Hello, hello, hello. Hmm. Hey. Philadelphia, get ready. Get ready. Mm-hmm. How about Richmond, Virginia, the funny bone? Are you guys ready? Are you going to be there? Some people, come on out. That's right, I get there. When do I get there? The, uh, hold on. 3rd of October, I get there. Through Sunday. Richmond, funny bone. Yeah. Oh, I want to apologize to Sean. Oh, I feel horrible. Oh, I can't live with myself. He sent in that song, Fresh Air. Not the one Lyricist Joe did, the other one. And Sean, I'm so sorry. When I'm in Philadelphia, we will totally, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, I, I, I can't live with my, I can't, I can't live with myself. I feel horrible. Allie, you too. That's right, Allie. Yeah, but you said Sean's name ten times. All right. Listen, I know in a lot of the show when we do visual stuff, you and you can imagine it. But I want to re-remind you. Um, does is it a spoil alert? I don't think so. But you'll hear this thing all of a sudden, and we we. We're having so much fun silly dancing during, you'll hear it, when Tom Jones sings Hound Dog. But it was like three minutes we did it. So I told Aristotle to take a minute out of it. I hope that's the right choice. I just thought three minutes. I mean, but just while we're doing, imagine us all over the room having so much fun. And Aristotle was playing those drums. I, I, he, he was playing. He was playing those drums. So this, we're, we're all over the place. But I left it all in. Like I said, sometimes I'll edit if it takes, but I, I you know, who, who am I to decide? All right. It was, it was a lot of fun. And um, I think that's it. Eric, you doing all right in the factory? Yes, I got the email, Eric. You in the factory. Huh? What type of factory? Can you send me anything free? All right. Speaking of factories, I was at the Cheesecake Factory all day doing some... Well, you'll see. We'll put them on... Made some little shorts. Oh, did they feed us? I ate, I must have eaten five pieces of cheesecake today. The Cheesecake Factory in Marina Del Rey. By the way, they got a great patio overlooking the harbor for parties. <laughs> hey, give them a little shout out. Why not? I swear I'm not, I didn't make any money to say that. Mm-hmm. You knows it. All righty. You know, every podcast has, like, different dynamics. Me and Daniel is a very unique dynamic, and certain guests, Eddie Pepitone. I 
And they're all different, and they're not to be compared. How dare you? I know you can't help it sometimes, but this was a frenetic energy with Tom, frenetic energy with Tom today. Maybe because I'm so relaxed, I just uh, it was. We had so much fun. We really did. It was just a lot of fun. I know I say that every week, but I do mean it. Maybe it's always a different type of fun, and it always amazes me. It really does, and I hope it never stops. It shouldn't. Am I opening stupid? <laughs> All right. Enjoy the show. I cannot wait to get to Preston and Steve's. I, we, I'm very excited. I haven't been there in a while. Philadelphia. Philadelphia! Uh, anybody who comes out to my show there, if anyone's talking at the table next to you, don't make like a parody about it, but I, you're, you're like my army of people. you got to come out. You go, shh. All right. I think you're great. I think you're special. And you're... Have fun with us today. All righty. Goodbye. Oh, my God, I forgot one thing. The show starts about an hour in. We have an hour pre-show. Get eh, some stuff that's on my mind. The silliness ensues. It's a pre-show. We could drop it as two shows, but eh, at least you know where to go now. All righty. Bye. Now entering Nerdist.com. What a great way to open the show, huh, everybody? Uh, Daniel Kino is... You're picking up where you left off. Daniel Kino's passed away. I'd like to dedicate this song to him. <laughs> He's listening to it right now. You should take his iPod and put There's every song ship on this. lies rigged and ready for the harbor. Tomorrow for old England she may sail. All right, I'm just kidding around. <laughs> you can turn my reverb off. You can turn the music off. We got a lot to get to. The more we, the more I can rip through this shit, the more we can uh, have a fun show today. I like it. The table's nice. Uh, we'll go. Oh, for the love of God, Jake! <laughs> do the thing. Do the thing that you. Oh, goddamn! No, no, that's goddamn. not a big deal. No, the thing is, Todd. It's not a big deal. All goddamn day. No, 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 no. It's not. one part, and then as soon as the goddamn it. No, it's not that. No, it's not. All right, all right, it's not a big deal. It's not a, I think you're being manipulative when you do that, cause it's, <laughs> but it's not that big of a deal. By the way, do you notice how many bits I love that involve yelling? Because <laughs> like, obviously people are listening, they can't say, I look at Jake and I want him to yell, because to me that is funny. And yes, I like to find too why it's funny. Again, uh, Chris Burden uh, had that. It's completely different, but yet it's based on the same thing of getting out of it. That that that's man, this is a more manipulative fuck than the Chris Burden character because he goes ah there's no way he thinks he messed up that bit but I can't even correct him because when I go to correct him he overreacts so much that it just makes me laugh every time do it again it'll make me laugh again hey do you have the Tom Jones yeah no I got the Tom Jones right here where is it uh, all right we'll do it oh, later God, no no, no God, it's not a big deal I have four jingles on here all right all right it's not a big deal it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs>
there's no. First of all, I think it's better that he he's is manipulative than if he's because yeah. if he was I sick, like if he snaps right back into being perfectly. Yeah, all fine of a sudden he's fine. And after all that yelling, he takes a sip of his beer. Right. Oh, really? We're watching. We got our eyes on you, motherfucker. Right. By the way, that's my favorite word. I realized. I listen to the podcast once in a while. And uh, and I do send in donations too. That's how much I love the show. Wow. I started sending in donations. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, nice and slow. I got the fan, the air conditioning. I came in here at three o'clock today and, and turned the air on. Um, Garrick, Garrick. what? Garrick. 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 Garrick's a comedian, right? A newer comedian? No, no, it's okay. It's okay. Oh, uh, you know I'm not going to enjoy when you turn those mics. Um, uh, and what's your last name? Bernard. Bernard. And how long you been doing stand-up? Uh, a year. A year. Because Tom told me that you saw me at the Improv. And, you know, you, you, you know I, everyone's the same way. You didn't want to go over and say, you know, because you, you just want to be respectful of people's whatever, you know. But I told Tom before you got here, I'm like, yeah, little does he know, like, if he came over and said, I do comedy. I'd be like, I do comedy. I started in Philadelphia doing comedy. You don't really need to take a comedy class because everyone wants to talk about comedy. You know who knows to know about comedy? If you're doing comedy one year, the person that needs, you need to know that comedy has been doing comedy two years and the comedy three I don't like that. You know, you go to a club like that. I'm like, hey, give everybody free food. You know, you should give them free food. I mean, especially new comedians, they need free food. You've got to give everyone free food. I don't understand. Like, you go on the comedy magic called Mike Lacey. He really knows how to treat people. You know, that's why you like going there. If you feed a comedian, he's going to respect you. And you know what? When you get bigger like that, so one of the, some of the new clubs you go on the road, like, there's really good clubs now. There's like, a whole new thing. The club's opening up. Some of them are little. I like to come in. And then meanwhile, they walk away from me. They're like, Jesus. He's texting me. How do I get away from Todd Glass? Tom, he, he, he chained me to the stool and he won't stop talking about comedy. He's talking about lighting. Neil, how you doing? Neil, I always forget how to say your last name. Although I know Neil very well because we've known each other from Atlanta for a long time. Uh, say your last name. Nanda. You were going to sing nah, it, Todd. Na 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 da, na da. Not nada, nanda. Nanda? Na 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 da, na 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 da, na da. Anyway, you have a podcast. Yes, I do. I like your concept. What's your podcast called? It's called Prequel. Prequel, and basically, and look, I'm going to get close enough. Don't fucking you know, don't get don't get vicious with me if I'm wrong. But it really it, – it, everyone talks about like – I like Jake's because his um, really is specific on a very few years of comedy. And the way I always explain Jake's podcast, I talk about comedy all the time. But this is like putting the magnifying, on, magnifying glass on three years, like your open mic night years. It could be five years, but it's those open mic night years. Just soak that in. And I you know, got into more detail on his show than if I was in a radio show and we talked about my stand-up career. I would talk about those years for three minutes, a minute, and then you'd go on to other. But we, you really soak it in. Neil's is pre-comedy. So it's like you know, sort of the path before you got into comedy. So birth to yeah, the day you started comedy. Yeah, it's uh, from when your parents met. So when you started comedy. Uh, now, <laughs> now it's starting to get – you know what? Cancel me. I don't have time to do it. The whole idea sucks now that I think about it. Garrick, what's your podcast about? Garrick oh, <laughs> doesn't have a podcast. Garrick oh, doesn't have a podcast. Garrick doesn't have a podcast. Garrick doesn't have a podcast. You're finished, Garrick. <laughs> Listen, we got a lot of serious shit to go to. Um, uh, Aristotle, would you like to take some coffee with me? Uh, say say what say what I say. Uh, hold on, let me just get a sip of my coffee. Oh, <laughs> he even puts the here at the end. All right, listen. <laughs> we got we go, we're gonna be good. I'm not gonna ask. Uh, hold on, hold on. How's everybody at home? How's your sobriety? Pretty good. 
How did they broadcast in like that? Did you? We take calls now. Caller, how you doing? I'm doing very good. All right. All right, listen. Let me rip through this stuff because once I get through this stuff, then I calm down. I'm like a little, it's a little frenetic. I made a mistake on my helium date in Philadelphia. I think I might have said it right, but I get, maybe I wrote it down in my book wrong uh, or on my iPad wrong. Uh, the, um, the, uh, I'm there Thanksgiving week. So I start on Wednesday, take Thursday off, have dinner with my family and four Newfoundlands. I decided I'm going to go home and embrace the madness at my mom's house. I lost control about a year ago. I lost control. And I'm glad I did. I said, live the way you want to live. And they went, and they got more dogs, and they have four <laughs> birds. And I just want to go home. I, I love my mom, and uh, I get along. My family's great. Like, we truly enjoy each other. But, I, you know, now I just I go, Mom, I'm just going to come home and just enjoy the madness. She goes, I think that's a good idea. Because I would enjoy it somewhere else. If I went to someone's house and they had four Newfoundlands, I would love it. What did she say about the fifth dog? It hardly counts. Oh, that's so little. It doesn't even count. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Anyway, so helium. That's good. Okay. Storytelling. They wrote that little, uh, I like that jingle they wrote for me on uh, Christy Blackburn, right? Yeah, uh, Christine Blackburn. Christine Blackburn. I know Christine for years. I just, when I'm on the show, I always say a name again. You're, you're thinking about something else. Christine Blackburn. Yep. And um, I've known her for years, but we didn't see each other for a while. I so much, in, uh, ver- I really enjoyed doing that uh, show, uh, storytelling. Storytellers? Uh, storytelling. Yeah, story. Yeah. Story. Story. The word story's in it. Um, what? Oh my god, I think she wanted to like hook up with me. What does hook up mean? His jokes are so funny. All right, I have to get the rest of my show. So anyway. <laughs> if you're going to write a song about Todd too, Todd, make it a little faster. <laughs> she's going to hear this now and think I'm being rude. Um, she was so sweet, and she smelled really good. I like when a, she has this very good smell. And it was a great interview, and I did it with her and also her. Uh, the, who does the show with? Who, Matt. Matt, right? They were both great. It was just very enjoyable. Okay, let's move on here. Um, you know what I thought the other day? Look, i got to say this. And then we're not going to spend a lot of time on it. But I'm just going to say it. We're going to put it out there, and then I'm going to talk about it next week. You know, I was thinking about there's got to be – there's always been frenetic energy in this world of, you know, people that have to subdue their hate. That's always been around. But now that the president of the United States is black, I thought about something. For the, there are people that don't like the president. For, for, you could disagree, but they're not prejudiced. There's people that, that genuinely are not prejudiced people. I know some. I know them. They're good, decent people. They are not prejudiced. They don't like him for at least fair reasons. I might disagree with them, but it's not, absolutely not, because they're prejudiced. And those people exist, and those people are real. They loved him. They liked him. They're just not thrilled at the job he's doing, and it's based on what he's doing, and it's based on facts. You can still disagree with them. I think it's very fair to just not not discount that group. Oh, sure, there's some of those people. There's a lot of those people that, that you could say fairly are not happy with the job he's doing. But what about the people that are just prejudiced that can't say it? 
that's got to be. But they may not even know it. They may not be truthful to themselves. No, no, I get it. I get that, of course. That's what I'm talking about. So where do they process it? Because the people that aren't prejudiced, that are angry about what he's doing, can process what they genuinely don't like. What about the people? And that's got to be. First of all, those people were mad when the person, those people were mad when somebody that worked at the store or moved next to them were black. Now he's the president of the United States. That's a different type of anger. That's escalated times fucking a trillion. So those people exist. They don't fairly not like him. They just don't like him because he's black. Don't tell me that can't be throwing the world. And I'm not talking about the shit that's been going on, you know, with, with some of the attacks and stuff like that. I'm just talking about with not being able to this, just uh, there's got to be this just pulsating anger and they can't say what they want to say. And it's just got to be like, I just thought about that. And now we're done. We'll move on to something else. <laughs> no, but that's interesting because some of the same people and being a white guy in America, I have felt I've said racial things about, oh, not another white guy. You know, another white guy from Harvard. I myself had said that, which is a very racial thing to say, even though I am one, about all the previous presidents. You know, another white guy from an Ivy League school. So I think when people are getting raw emotionally, they reach for anything raw. Um, but, I, but when it's hate, that's yes. obviously not a, you know. Right. Right. I think it's a little different when you're saying that because you're saying that somewhat tongue in cheek. You obviously are not. You don't hate white guys. You're saying that. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) That's the part of Obama I hate. He's another white guy from Harvard. The half of them. Down (laughs) fall cells. Oh. Uh, Once again. They, they did a little bit of a study, and I, be, I believe certain studies. You know, certain of them you're like, oh, come on, how many fucking studies? But some of them are based on some facts. And, you know, you know me, I'm a big believer. Uh, you know, yes, there are downfalls to cell phones, and people are, you know, looking. They're not looking at each other, and I get it, and it's created some problems. But I also want to – I'm always want to be – they just did some technology, like, like with cell phones, are people not remembering anymore? And it's not true. There might be some change in the way we use our memory, but also because of cell phones and knowledge and computers, we're also talking about a lot more things. So it has also brought, it has also enlightened people also and educated people. So don't be one of those people that goes, you know, I, ah, fuck it, I talked about no, this No, no, but why would you bother remember a 10-digit number that you don't need to remember? There's just no right. reason. Why would you right. waste the mental right. energy on that? You, thank you. Like, I get that. Like, some people go, oh, no one knows any m- more numbers anymore. Who fucking cares? <laughs> I'm, I have to go the other way with anger because so many people, they just want to make, like, is that the problem? How about people that can learn in other countries because of technology and, 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 and you can go look something up and educate yourself? So it's, it's good, too. All right, here we go. Feng Shui. You know what? These are just things I'm ripping through. I, I, I can't stand when somebody uh, – can't stand. I don't even like using that word. It's the same as hate. Can't stand. I can stand it. I, I don't want to be that person. That, it's not that I don't believe in it. It's that I think people take it out. Like, in other words, with feng shui, you shouldn't have anything under your bed. Now, I don't think you have to make a blanket rule for that. Um, If you have a small place, and let's say you have to put stuff under your bed, maybe in your head if it's folded. Because to me, I did have a house with stuff under the bed. It was important to me that it was neat. I didn't want clutter under my bed. And I remember one saying, no, no, feng shui, you can't. There's no feng shui. It's like you can't go by someone else. They come in, oh, put your toilet seat down. It's bad luck. Like, leave me alone. (laughs) Leave me alone. Right. And I don't I, need to worry about that. And I don't want to be that person. First thing I do is make a check with myself. Wait, are you, Todd, you're, be open to learning. Look, I think we can all agree that that's, that's something that's personal to you. If clutter under your bed bothers you, if it really does, you have clutter under your bed, you hate it, yeah, get it out. 
because that's where you sleep at night. And if subconsciously there's stuff under there. But if you have a small place and everything under there, hey, by the way, if it's sloppy and it doesn't bother you, that's fine too. But it maybe maybe it's folded neat and it's precise under there and it's in bins and it's clean and it's nice and everything's organized and you know it's all right move on. Well, I'll tell you a good feng shui thing that's actually useful is they suggest that you have a light to uh, on your left side if you're facing it, and the reason is most people are right-handed, so the shadow the light's this way, whereas if the light were on your right-hand side, it would sh- cast a shadow of your writing hand onto the paper. So it, a lot of feng shui is really useful. I don't know if that makes sense. But yeah, that, well, that doesn't, to me, that's not really feng shui. That's actually, that's, a, a, that's just a, a that, that makes sense. Right. But the that toilet is, being open, bad luck. You know, that, I don't, no, I don't. Uh, but if somebody else did it, I, here's the difference. I wouldn't go over someone else, else's house if they adhered to a lot of the feng shui rules of the book and go, oh, this is stupid. No, absolutely not. If it makes your house feel good and clean, just don't, my home, obviously, I have a home. And I'll, I'll say it. I'm very comfortable at my home. I have it in a very zen type of uh, – for my, my own rules. I don't follow someone else's rules, but it's clean. It's organized. I feel comfortable there. It's peaceful. You don't have to come over and go, oh, put your toilet seat down. It's bad luck. We'll leave it up, and I'll fucking break my leg. I made no sense at all, but why does it have to? I right, move on. This is my new thing. It's called move on. I'm just going to rip through this. Halloween's coming up. How do you like that? Anyway, <laughs> um, you know what I thought about something? Why do I need to rip through all this stuff just because I do? I thought about something. You know how they say a good rule for comedy is that when the audience doesn't get to the punchline before you, right. right? That's not something I made up. That's a rule I learned in comedy. Well, I made something else sort of adhere to that. That means if your comedy is based on stereotypes or the type of facts that the audience sees are not true, the untruths in your joke, that's not their fault. You might want to call. I just thought of a different way to say something I've been saying a lot, but a different slant on it. And I do think it's a different slant because it's absolutely something I've brought up before. But remember the rule of comedy. This first rule, no one, I might be applying it to an area you're not crazy about now. But if the audience can get to the punchline before you, why well, add it or get to the truth before you? So when you tell a joke to a, not all audiences are dumb. You know, those comedians that are always saying, oh, the audience, uh, you know, yes, there are nights where you have to ignore the audience. The collective audience that night was maybe not that bright and we would not have brilliant comedians today if sometimes they did not if they didn't ignore the collective audience that night that doesn't mean a lack of respect for the audience just sometimes yeah we wouldn't have any brilliant comedians if the masses not the not the individuals but the mass of that audience you know if there's 300 people there could be 100 people that are great and they get the comedian but 200 don't 200 win that night. It seems like it's a bad crowd. That doesn't mean there's not 100 brilliant people there. So sometimes good comedians ignore the masses that night. They don't get off stage and throw away their act. You have to fuck the audience, right? But sometimes the audience doesn't. They're not dumb. And if they are, maybe it's the shit clubs you're working. If you're, if you're saying every night the audiences are dumb, well, why, why are you working? I work clubs where sometimes I hold my standards high because the audience is so good. You know, so if the audience is getting to the truth before you, like if you tell a joke that's based on a stereotype and they're smart enough to know that that stereotype isn't true, that's not their fault. That doesn't mean they're politically correct. They're more evolved than you. They figured out the false. And it doesn't mean if your joke's absurd, that doesn't count. If it's just an absurd, twisted, demented joke, you know what I mean? Then you don't follow rules. But if you're the type that goes off on a rant, and, or, or there's meat to your joke and you believe it. And you're going, you know, we, the audience figured it out before you. That's not their fault that they're smarter than you. 
So you can fucking get mad and go, oh, they're PC. No, they're not PC. They're brighter than you, and they got to the truth of the joke before you. Maybe you should just fucking write a new joke. Yes, but along those lines, I, I feel like the best jokes are the ones that you've connected the last dot for the audience. In other words, they weren't going to get it themselves unless they really worked at it. But then when you say it, it's, it just rings so true as if like, oh, how could I not have thought of that joke? Because it lands so perfectly. Well, I'm more talking about when somebody uses a stereotype to do a joke or when, when um, there, there's, there's part uh, – you know what? No, you know I know what you mean. You know what's great about how – it's like I, I, halfway through that point, I thought I had it, but I didn't. So. Well, I, if you think of the example of a guy who's not going to run into that trouble, if you figure – Harlan Williams, for example, has such a twisted thing that, that doesn't that he's, doesn't he's not never going to no. find that, that. I'm talking about when an when you when you do a joke that's he really doesn't have any uh, right. It's just absurd. It's silly. I don't think his act will stand the test of time. I don't think he'll look back in 20 years and go, "Ooh, remember that bit?" You know. Anyway, let's move on. I may, may even erase that whole thing out of here. Okay, here's one more thing into that area. Why am I ripping through all these things? Because if I don't, it'll be on my mind. Give me another few minutes and we'll be good here. I thought about something, and it is, again, it's defending a lot of my stances. I'm not your problem uh, when it comes to a lot of things I talk about on this show. Time is. You're Daniel Kino's problem. <laughs> <laughs> when the ship moves into the... If you don't, because by the way, when I say I'm uh, um, right on a lot of issues, I'm not talking about the, my daily things that I do. If you're in a relationship, I'm right all the time. No, that's a type of no, no. You, I'm, I make mistakes, and but I'm talking about when you, my stance on yeah, that's right on certain things on this show. The way I feel about being fair to people, using you know certain words we've talked about. I'm not your problem. People that agree with me aren't your problem. Time is. Time is your problem because time you will lose. And, and when you so, – so fuck me. Anybody who disagrees with some of my things – hey, by the way, time could also be your best friend. In 20 years, if you're right, time will be your best friend, but it's not going to be. So don't worry about me if you're like, ah, let's say you don't agree with some things. Let's say you tune into the show out of more because oh, – is he talking about that again? Time is going to fuck you up. It's big. It's strong. I'm nothing. I'm a grain of nothing in this world. But time is a powerful motherfucker. And when that rolls down the road and 20 years pass by, well, you're going to argue with time. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna look foolish. Time is, t- you, time is your enemy. Does that make sense? Yes. Time. You can't. You want to go. You want to go. Oh, fuck time. I just pictured it's big and it's going to and it's, you ain't going to be able to. It's going to it's going to prove you wrong, motherfucker. Well, I'll give you an example. You know, Vince Scully, the announcer of the Dodgers, since Jackie Robinson was playing, got his break because the announcer before him, Red Barber, refused to announce a game because Jackie Robinson was a black guy. So they said, all right, you're out. Vince Scully comes in. Meanwhile. He's been going since 19-whatever, okay, 40-something. So, so, so let, let's use that example. Here's Vince Scully. Let, hey, by the way, we know he – well, we, as a civilized society, we deem right or wrong. We plow past an opinion. I guess it could be an opinion. But as a civilized society, we deem things facts. Like, should a white person, I've said this before, be able to marry a black person? Is that an opinion or a fact? Well, as a civilized society, we deem it as a fact. As civil people, we decide that if you love somebody and that person loves you, you get married. That's a fact. So – Going on that, my rule back then, fuck Vince Scully, right? Well, Red Barber, the guy before Vince Scully. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no, I'm talking about Vince Scully was on the right side of right, it. Right, yeah. So let's say someone goes, oh, Vince, 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 this, Vince. Fuck Vince. Push him aside. He's a human being and you can. So just fuck him. Go in your car and fuck him. They, they, no one, they, they didn't think he was right. They thought, no, oh, Jesus Christ. Right. 
Fuck him. He's not your problem. You thought he was, you know, when you were around your friends that didn't agree with Vince going, no, I'll, I'll do what's right. I'll announce any player that's a human being that wants to play the game of baseball that I fucking love so much. People, Vince, oh, fuck. You, Vince isn't your problem. You want to believe Vince is your problem because you could, like, maybe – for, for the sake of the way I talk, you, you could battle it out with Vince. He's, you, he's got two hands. you got two hands. You could battle it out. You could call him an idiot. Time? Oh, motherfucker. That rolled around and you couldn't fucking argue it. Time fucking punched you in the face like a motherfucker. So you, you, I'm not your problem. Time. T- try to take on time because it will fucking whoop your dumb ass every time. Every goddamn time. Tom is big and it'll punch you in your dumb, uneducated face. So I'm not your problem if you agree with me. <laughs> and by the way, somebody sent me in this. Um, uh, they outlawed beauty pageants amongst little kids. Good. Good. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That's just sick. Good. <laughs> Good. Good. Well, no, it's it's like I mean, I, it's weird. You watch those people watch TLC or whatever, and they watch the t- toddlers and Tierras, and it's just it's like watching someone spank their kids. It's worse. As a civilized like, society, I don't want to see it. It's just so depressing. Picture, picture. By the way, me too. A lot of this stuff on the show, I don't get up on a pedestal uh, always because I'm part of it. Sometimes I do. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I get up. I think I have something to say. Guess what time? I, I like that time. If, by the way, if I'm wrong, let's say someone go. Oh, he thinks he's right. Then time's going to be your friend. Time will punch me in the face. Imagine that in 20 years when they go, remember everyone said don't call someone retarded? Todd Glass. (laughs) Time proved him wrong. Really? You think it's going to (laughs) happen? Do you fucking think I'm going to be wrong? It's going to affect your whole life. Because I'm not going to be. But if I am, what do you care? Because time is going to punch you in the face or it's going to punch me in the face. Right? Because it brings calm to me. You know why? Because in a weird way, we don't have to go back and forth. It's saying it this way goes, I could sit here with people, which I'm d- almost done doing. Maybe not. Depends how I feel tomorrow. I feel this way. You feel this way. Who gives a shit? Fuck me and my dumb opinion. Fuck you and your dumb opinion. And time is going to come down the road and, and help one of us out in proving what we had to say. Anyway. We were talking about the church and, you know, the last time that they would hit kids for being left-handed. Mm-hmm. And in 1976, someone wrote me a letter and said they were being hit in church. Wow. Is, it, is, it, is that amazing? We're not – remember, I always separate – Like at a Catholic school you're yes. talking about. I always separate – Not in the service. That would be overboard. In the where? Not in the actual Catholic service hitting people. You mean like in church when they're like <laughs> – <laughs> They see a kid reading out of the – What do they read out of in church? A Torah? <laughs> Whatever they um, – just, it just cracks me up. Yeah, I got it's hit like by these a teacher are people... in 1976, coincidentally. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what's funny about that? It's like, it's, it's the way I like to say things. You should be able to say this. What was the, f- and we're not, I always separate it because it's just easier and cleaner. I realize that I'm not making fun of God, although I will as the show goes on. I, I will t- take that on as my, but right now I get that there's a group of people that believe in God, but they don't think they have to go through organized religion to get there. And that's why a lot of people that listen to this show don't have any problem with my beliefs. They're like, well, it's okay. He's not wishing harm on anyone. He just disagrees, you know, and, and, and they know that I, my main beef is with organized religion. Um, but I think that's so funny. In 1976, we should be able to go, hey, who was the, go, look this up or Google this. What was the first group uh, to uh, not hit kids for being left-handed? And someone got Todd, I don't have to look it up. I manage the church. They're always ahead of everything. But look it up anyway. Todd, you've been, 
it's going to be the church. I mean, they're, 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 they have this relationship with God. They were probably the f- 1976, those fucking pieces of you know what? This is when I try to stop myself because you know when I say you can't preach tolerance with with throffing at the mouth and cursing, but sometimes it it comes out of me this way. 1976, they dragged their fucking feet. 1976, they were taking a ruler. That's why when and look, here's when I start going down that territory. I do respect that there are now organizations, people that believe in God, but they don't believe what organized religion has done. They've they've given it a bad name. They've 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 put in they. So they start another group, and they try to clean it up. You know what I mean? They try to go, okay, we are organized religion, but we're love and we're peace. And I know those groups. I know those groups. I've gotten emails from those groups that, that, that I'm not defying it. I'm not going, oh, no, they're not. No, I believe they are. There are groups now of people that go to what they would call a church, but they're loving and they're caring and they're giving. They're everything that it should be. But it still confuses me that in 1976, if they were taking a ruler and whacking somebody's fingers till blood— you might want to just not be this, you know, that group light or that group chip. You might want to, it's like Ku Klux Klan light to me. It's like, oh, we're the new Ku Klux Klan. Hey, by the way, they might have been so bad, you might not want to call yourself anything to do. You might want to just start something completely new because they've done so much. They, in 1976, they took a piece of wood and they smacked the child's hand. I don't know if I'd want to start a group and go, yeah, well, we, we're, we're, you know what I'm saying? Well, there's all. a school in Alabama, I just read it this week, that is sent messages home with the kids asking for the parents to sign a permission slip for them to be uh, used, corporal punishment, to be hit. I mean, this is even now. And this is way, not a church school, just like a public school in Alabama. The reason I don't mind stepping on some issues that we've talked about before, and we're going to talk for another 15 minutes, and then we're going to take a break. We're, it's going to be a fun show. Don't, don't worry. Um, <laughs> I always feel bad when someone as new is here. We, we take a break and it gets really silly. I don't. I tell people this is the pre-show, and then I always tell people, you know, well, I don't have to say it because people know I do it. So today's show starts at forty-eight minutes, and that's when we, you know, I, when I say the show, that's it's, it's more of a light-hearted show, which is the majority of the show. But we were just talking. Uh, we're talking about this at school in Alabama that yeah. sent, sent a permission slip home. Well, that's what. So I don't mind repeating things sometimes because I realize. Certain people don't listen to three shows back. Sometimes I think, well, I said this already, and I try not to. But I go, I'm going to say it. Like, when people say we need to go back to the way we used to be, when their kids have respect for teachers and all that. No. No. I, is there another way? I like when people try to – it's like I think Dr. Phil calls it a paper argument. You, you build this argument that, that's based on uh, – we need to go back to having our kids respect uh, the teachers and respect authority. Yeah, and the only way to do that would be to hit. There'd be no other way. Would there be? Like, yeah. Like, they can't go, I, I agree. Could there be another way to do that? No, I don't. I want my kids to respect authority. You're, yes, I do. And there are still children that respect authority. I'm not going to fucking make pretend that back then all children respected authority. There's a way to get children to respect authority. And by the way, respect everybody. Respect each other. Respect authority. And you uh, – but I don't want them to be scared shitless of authority. I don't want a teacher. You know why kids used to be able to get molested easier? Because they were scared of authority. Because they didn't know that they could respect an adult but not be scared shitless to have something done to them that they shouldn't have done to them. And no, I don't want that. And I'm not saying that hap- that's the only thing that happened back in the day, but a shit ton of that happened back in the day. Because what your teacher said or what somebody, an authoritative said, you don't go home and go, Mom, you just because you were scared shitless. If an adult said you're, you, you would get – you would rather be – had something done to you by a teacher, then have that teacher call your parent and get 
a paddle on your ass. So a lot of adults did things to kids that shouldn't have been – no, I want my kids to respect authority, but I, don't want, I want them also to respect themselves enough. So, no, I don't want to go back to that way, to, back to the way it used to be. It's, it's, it, there's a way to go forward and get everything we want. All right. By the way, one more thing. Someone – I don't know who said it, but someone sent me an email, and I forget who it was. But I do agree with this emailer, and his name was Charles. Someone said, I don't like the new atheist anymore. You know, I, I forget who it was on the show. They probably, if, if, if we were, well, we know who said it because we might be able to listen back to the show. But I bet even if whoever it was, because I know all the guests on this show, and they're pretty evolved, most people that are on the show. They might have just said it in a sloppy way. I think they were saying it was a guest on the show. But I know there is that theory of, oh, the new holy roller atheist. I'll tell you one thing an atheist never says, that if you disagree with me, I don't know one atheist. I do not know one. There's not that often you can say that. Usually you have to go, Todd, don't say that. You fucking lose your cause when you say not one. To just say most, no. Not one atheist I know ever said, if you don't believe in what I believe in, something bad will happen to you. So how bad could they be? They just disagree with you. That's why I think it's funny that that's what's so funny when you when you are an atheist and you, you, you believe in higher powers, obviously. That's the one misbelief. Yeah, do you believe in higher power? Like Jen Kirkman said, yeah, you believe in the ocean. You're not you're not a when you say you're an atheist it sounds like you're a monster. Like, yeah, I believe there's bigger things. I can't like Jen Kirkman said push the ocean back. There's higher powers than me. This earth is 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 an amazing higher power than me. But I just don't but no atheist believe that if you don't believe in what I believe in that harm will come to you that you'll go to hell. So they're just disagreeing with what you believe in. They're not wishing you any harm. They're not so I don't. I agree. I don't think there's a new atheist. The new atheist, to me, it might sound like there's like a holder roller atheist. It's because they're not afraid anymore. It's they're not afraid, but they haven't gotten so afraid where they're now turning the tables and bullying religious people. That obviously, if there was a group of atheists that, you know, there's a new group of atheists. They say if you if you believe in a god, you'll go to hell. <laughs> it's there's no no. They just say I don't believe in what you believe in, and if someone goes, what will happen? Um, if what do you mean? If you don't believe in what I believe in, the atheist would say nothing. We'll just disagree. You'll be fine. We'll just disagree. That's all. There'll be no nothing bad's going to happen to you. So I, I think it'd be nice to have more atheists at the top of every militant religion, no matter what it is, like Islam or Christianity or Judaism. Like the people at the top, the extremists. If they were atheists, they'd be they would have to find a different reason to to find to kill people. Because they couldn't just call them infidels based on their judgment of what they think an infidel is. They'd probably find a reason, though, right? Yeah, they could still find like, a reason, but it couldn't, like the way it couldn't this is be going. their interpretation of, of God's will. Right. It would have to be based on some sort of science. All right. God, we really, we really just we look at us. How, how long have we been going? Let me guess. 25 minutes. <laughs> Shouldn't whistle into the mic. My mom told me don't whistle. The bird won't talk if you whistle. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to I wanna, uh, do this. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to – first of all, I want to say everyone's been doing a great job on the show. You know they say positive reinforcement. Young Jake, you do a great job. I was going to give out awards tonight, but I didn't get trophies. <laughs> I really was going to go by and get trophies. But he does a great job on the show. I mean it. And then um, Aristotle, right? <laughs> Aristotle, you're great. You're good energy. When Katie told me that you, I was going to love you, she was right. So it's good. I love it. I talked to Chris Burden the other day on the phone. How's he he's, doing? He's doing great. He's doing great. And um, 
uh, J- young Jake is here to do to do the sound because it sort of took that journey. But I'm excited that uh, that um, uh, Chris Burden is back, and I talked to him yesterday, and he was great. He brought great things to the show, and 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 sat in this room for five six hours just working on stuff and editing music. So there you go. I wanted to say, uh, you know, as much as I believe in, like, when I'm complimenting them, I'm, I don't. Well, I'm afraid to look in people's eyes. I gotta get nervous. You know, know what I mean? I know what you mean. What like about Eric Olson? Have you talked to Eric at all lately? Wasn't happy with his performance. <laughs> <while he> was <laughs> No, Eric Olson I talked to yesterday for a long time. I told Eric, I picked up the other day, and I said, Eric, you know why sometimes, Eric, I don't pick up when you call? Because I know, I'm an, I love talking to Eric Olson. We'll talk on the phone for an hour. Just And I don't, some people, I don't want to talk on the phone. But if, if I'm on the treadmill or if I'm driving for like an hour in the car, I say, that's when I call, call Eric, hope he's available, and we'll just talk. And yesterday was one of those days we talked and talked and talked and had a good, uh, had a good, um, had a good conversation. So I wanted to say that. Now... I don't know how to do this. I wanted to, uh, you know, when I lived with the family, when I first moved out here, and then I went and supplied the drums for a wedding. Oh, by the way, I didn't say, hold on one second. Hey, what's your name again? Robbie Kirkhoff. Robbie Kirkhoff. Um, (laughs) uh, I went to a wedding with Robbie Kirkhoff. So what we're going to do is this, then we're going to take a break. No, no, let's talk about the wedding. Then we take a break. But before we talk about the wedding, I want everyone to go around the room and... um, now, look, we're going to do this very neatly and quietly. So if you have to, you're going to lean into his mic, but you're not going to scrape it. You're not going to move it. It's going to be very, you know, like in there. One, when I, first of all, let me back up. And by the way, if, you, if the opening of the show, if something, I know sometimes I, I don't make a point clear. Just look, we're all, we're all in this together. We're all pretty much, I'm preaching love, motherfucker. <laughs> um. Let's go around. So when I moved out to California, I lived with this family. Their name was the Joneses. I moved out here. I think I was 23, and I was friends with their daughter, Caroline. And every night when we sat around the dinner table, I think of, these, I think of the Joneses all the time, and we, we talk once in a while. They let me live with them. And uh, they had a daughter, Caroline. I was friendly with her at Villanova, and then their son, Randy, and then the mom and dad, Sue and Randy Sr. And every night when we'd sit at dinner, they would make everybody say one nice thing that happened to them that day. Could be anything. Could be you thought you were going to get a ticket. But it's, but it's serious. It's not you're, not, you're not flippant about it. It's not like, oh, duh, or I didn't, you know, I, don't, I didn't really serve that well, my example. <laughs> well, their son, Randy, at the time, he was 18. And, w- and whenever it got to him, he would be like, he didn't, you know, because it was his parents. He didn't see the beauty. And I thought it was so nice. He'd go, um, if I don't have to do this, I can think of one nice thing. She's like, Randy? <laughs> <laughs> So, one, Tom, do you want to start? One nice sure. thing that happened to you today. Well, I went to, uh, I call it the bank, but it's a credit. And I got to cut you off. We'll be back. No. <laughs> I went to the credit union, and there were these guys out front trying to sell loans. And so we started sparking up a conversation. And the nice thing about my day was they let me rant about the banks without really just telling me to shut the fuck up. So they listened to my, my crazy rant against the And that's banks. good. Yeah, it was nice. They were polite. Um, Neil? Neil? Yes. Um, uh, my Wi-Fi was down, and Starbucks let me use their Wi-Fi, so that was nice. But is that, is that, is, don't they let everyone use their Wi-Fi? Yeah, but that's, that's really uh, nice uh, of them. Uh, excuse me? <laughs> yeah. I want you to think of something. If you need time. Oh, I, I guess I'll uh, By the time. way, I wasn't thrilled with Tom's either, but I love him. <laughs> no, so. I like, well, I mean, Starbucks. Something good, nice. something like, uh, well, you know what? Excuse me. I take it back. I don't want to edit this out, but exactly 
I shouldn't be doing this because you, 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 you're happy that Starbucks has, lets you use their Wi-Fi. Yeah, it was really nice of them. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Okay. They let everyone use their Wi-Fi. You're right. You're right. And we take it for granted. We take it. Exactly. We take, we take it, for, it granted. for granted. It's free Wi-Fi. Okay. Um, uh, um, Garrick. Uh, Garrick, I'm sorry. What did I do? Uh, do you have something? You can. You can. By the way, I can give you a little trick. If you, whenever I'm at a restaurant, this, this applies to, and it's giving you a little time. So don't listen to me. Really get your thing. Um, when I'm at a restaurant and I'm starving, but I don't know what I want yet to eat, and the, the eat and the waiter comes over and he goes, is everyone ready? And I go, is everybody ready? And they know I want to eat. So they'll be like, Todd, if you're ready, order. And then we'll, we'll be ready by the time you order. Here's what I do. I order anything. I don't care. It's not what I want. I do, oh, I'll just pick anything on the menu. Then I let everybody order. And then when it's my turn, and that's not my turn again. I make it my turn again. I go, ooh, would you kill me if I switched it? So that just got the ball rolling. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, uh, uh, Aristotle? Something nice. And don't make me <laughs> this is the this is the worst thing to um, it's like a parody. Don't it's like the old remember the remember the Carol Burnett show? If you don't, I will tell you and go YouTube it. There was a thing where they would Eunice and all these characters would play a board game, but they ended up fighting. They got so angry because they you know, like sometimes it happens with board games and they would get angry and they were supposed to be like just having fun and they were playing a board game and getting madder and madder at each other. And when I was a little kid I loved watching that with my parents and that's what I feel like this is. God damn it, you I told you to fucking say one nice thing, Neil, and you come up to me with that goddamn Starbucks thing. I'm just no no I'm kidding. I'm saying okay, so um young Aristotle or uh, old Aristotle? Uh, I think I have a good one. Okay. Uh, before it's we, not a competition, but I, th- but I think you're right. Before we started the show, I went to go get that harmonica from Toys R Us. Yes. And uh, when I was buying it, there was this lady there, uh, mm-hmm. another customer, just kind of like complaining, and she was being kind of weird and crazy. And the, the girl that was... Uh, and you check- fucked her. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know what? No, I, don't, I shouldn't do that. Go. The, the girl that was checking me out was like, ah, you want to work at Toys R Us? Like, jokingly, like... I, you had to deal with this shit and right. I was like oh well I used to work at Pizza Hut so I know what you mean and I felt like I kind of not made her day but you know like gave her a little bit of like solidarity Aristotle I know I, I, you're absolutely right you, you, get, you took a little time to give a little energy to someone she just had a hard time and you, you could have been the person that was following the crazy person you could have been another person that wasn't crazy but on their phone just look you know pulling away thank you, thank you and walking away but instead you had a moment with another human being maybe calmed her down a little that that person's crazy but this person was certainly nice and leveled it out a little I give you we don't we don't grade uh, people's nice things can that, I change mine <laughs> We don't grade. We do not grade them because it's from your soul. I got into that area up front. And I felt very bad about it because I was judging people. You took the time to come to the mic and give it. So we don't grade them, but I give that a, a better grade than the others. Um, yes, Tom, you can change yours. But but Tom, yeah. If you make a joke, I'll be very upset. Okay. Do you I, want some? Maybe we could have some betting music during this. Um, hold on, hold on. Just a little lower. How about that? No, I like yours better. You're right, I did. No, I like yours better. Play yours. Okay, go ahead. I was wandering the desert. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> when on the ground I saw a man who was... He, Tom. He, he was smote down by an enemy. Tom, Tom. I, 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 can, I, I can let you do the joke for a second, but now you've got to really tell no, me. No, serious. <laughs> Tom, do you have one? Or was, well, why don't we let... Why don't we right, let Garrick, you go ahead. Garrick? Uh, still <laughs> <laughs> still right. My God, it's so sad. 
I, I'm I'm Garrick. I got oh, one. Oh, oh, Garrick, go ahead. You finally figured I'm one out. I'm thankful for Tom Martin for inviting me to this podcast, having the time of my life. You know what? As Garrick Bernard. <laughs> Thanks, Garrick. That's really sweet of you. That's very nice. Oh, my God. All right, so... Garrick and doesn't know I do impressions. Robbie. <laughs> Robbie? Robbie? Yeah? I'm, thank you. Hey, Todd. I'm counting. Hi. How's it going? You're going to get plenty of time when we talk about this wedding. I, I went am? to a wedding with, with Robbie. <laughs> well, we didn't go as a couple, but um, I went to a wedding that Robbie was DJing, and he let me supply the drums, which we'll talk about in a little bit. One nice thing that happened to you today. Um, right, right before I was leaving to the show... Mm-hmm. Um, I got to like talk to my dad a little bit, and we just joked around a little bit before I was leaving. And he told me about something he was selling. It was just a little nice interaction with my dad. You know what? Before I left, Robbie, if I wasn't crazy about you already, <laughs> I'm more crazy about you now. A lot better than Aristotle. Oh, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you, to George Carlin? I can't stop making the joke about it, but I don't really want to. I say, don't, don't. As silly as it is, don't, don't. And, 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 but I keep doing it because it's a disease. Okay. Um, young Jake? Um, well, just, uh, just earlier, I bought Aristotle a cookie, that ungrateful fuck. Um, <laughs> oh, by the way. That... And, I, and I'm extremely thankful for it. Yeah. <laughs> by the way, when I got in here. To... Okay, go ahead. Um, no, but for real, um, I talked to a friend who lives in Canada this morning. And I found out that after like a f- like a few months, she reconnected with her parents, uh, which was really cool, because like I knew that she was having a tough time with them, uh, so you know it was nice to talk to her in that way. I-, I love it. I thought that was very sweet, very nice, exactly what I'm looking for. And by the way, if if you can't, if you can't think of something, there's no pressure. Maybe how about later in the show, you, we'll go back to you because something's going to come into your head, and you're going to go, oh, okay, that's fine. And we're all good. We're all good. Do you want to know mine? No. <laughs> do you, no, seriously. Do you guys want to know mine? No, we're cool. No, 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 we, no. We, we've had a lot of good ones already. We're I think sick we, of it. The Wi-Fi nah. thing was yeah. great. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, maybe, I, maybe later in the uh, in the show. Well, you let me let me one. just tell you. Well, listen, you don't need to. <laughs> all right, the bit's over. I, I I deem I deem the bit over as the as the emperor of the show. <laughs> Here's mine. It does have to do with the cookie that you brought, Aristotle. I got here tonight, and young and Jake brought me a bag of almonds, raw almonds, which I like, and then he brought uh, Aristotle a vegan cookie. And um, and then I had some of the almonds. I didn't have any of the almonds yet. And then Aristotle gave me a piece of his vegan cookie. And I, but that really wasn't what I was complimenting, although I thought that was very nice of you. But I thought somebody was at 7-Eleven, thought of something that I, Aristotle and I would want, and brought it back and put it in front of our microphones. And when we walked in here, it was there. It's nice. It's like the time I gave you Tic Tacs last, last show. Exactly. You were so thankful. <laughs> he said he found the almonds on the street. Hold on. Let's ride into the sunset. And you at home now. Remember Mr. Rogers when he said, I'll, I'll, 10 seconds on the clock? Well, I'm going to give you a little longer. Think of something that nice that happened to you today. Well, here's what we're going to do. Uh, turn 
Rob's, Robbie Kirkhoff. I'm, I'm having a lot of problem with names today. I got to be honest with you because they're, they're clogging my head. Um, I make it like it's like I have a, a, a physical. They're clogging my head. Like you're like I'm mad at you. Your names are clogging my head. Um, this, we're gonna do this, and then we're gonna take a break, and then we're gonna come back, and then we're gonna we're gonna get started. <laughs> I know it started, but so I go to the Ro- Ro- Robbie is is doing a wedding. And I want to go to the sure. and I want to go. To, you can turn his microphone. Rob, Robbie's in a band of some. No, kind. he's a DJ. DJ wedding MC and DJ. Oh, gotcha. All right, relax. <laughs> um, so I always thought it would be great to have drums, you know, with the DJ mm-hmm. set up. You know, so Robbie says he has a wedding in Malibu. He goes, you know what? I, my, my weddings aren't usually in LA, so this might be the time to do it. So he 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 calls me and he goes, do you still want to do that? About two weeks ago, I said yes. He he says, well, I'll try to you know talk the bride into it. Uh, I'm going a little out of order, but I think this will get us to where we need to go. Because I did ask him, how would you talk her into it? He goes, well, I just made it sound like, you know, I, sometimes I work with a drummer. He plays along. It's really good. She's like, yeah, and it wouldn't cost her anything. Um, so she said, yeah, that sounds good. So actually young Jake, because the drums have to get there early, dropped them off in Malibu. And it's, it's you know, up a, up a huge hill, and it's a, it's a beautiful home overlooking the ocean. And outside they have tents. And chandeliers hanging, and I hanging, and I get there, and and by the way, none of this has to do with uh, with anything that. First of all, if these people, I'm not kidding. If they listen to this, it they were, it was a beautiful wedding. With everything that I'm going to make fun of, it was, st- and I mean this to George Carlin, it was still a beautiful wedding. It was. This isn't. Uh, God forbid, on a on a on a smidget of a chance, they would hear this podcast. It would it would really make me feel like shit. But I but I have to talk about it. <laughs> it really would because to, uh, to to George Carlin, and if you people are listening to this wedding, to George Carlin means the truth. They're not. They're not. I know. <laughs> no, you know what? I know they're not. But do you understand? Like, if I had to bet money, I would bet they're not. In a heartbeat, someone goes, "You want to bet they?" I go, "No, I don't even need to think about it." But that doesn't erase that smidget, that smidget of a smidget of a smidget of a smidget that some person that just got married the most beautiful day of their life, you know, you're only going to get married two, three, four times in your entire life. is a very special day. So, um, uh, they, they, so it was still a beautiful wedding. Okay, now with that said, it has nothing to do with them. It's all about making fun of these fucking wedding planners. So uh, Robbie has a good sound system. It really is. Like, you get there. I'm like, I hope his sound system's good. He had a good sound system. It sounded good. It was crisp. It was crisp. It was clear. They didn't let him set up in front of the stage, which even the DJ should be in front of the stage. If someone gets the importance of the energy of the DJ, he's like the band. You know, you're the band. But wedding planners don't get that. So they oh, you have to go over there for no reason because they don't get the importance of it. So the drums couldn't be in front of the dance floor. Yeah, we were like off to the side. Off to the bit. side. So as soon as I got there, I was like, shit. Like they, I, I almost feel like now I wasted $100 because it's a big deal. Those drums have to be in front of that dance floor or on the corner of the dance floor, on the dance floor. That, pull, that beat, that bass, that boom, that's a lot. He has drums like the Rolling Stones would have. I mean, it is a set of fucking drums. And when that beat comes in, it's got to be pulsating right in front of those people that dance. It was 10 feet away. It was all right. She didn't want it in front of the dance. They're taking pictures for a magazine, blah, blah, blah. So who played the drums? I hired uh, Martin, who was plays oh, yeah, it. Yeah. Martin played the drums. So I get there. Robbie, um, uh, you know, it's so funny to watch Robbie in a different, like, how long have you done that? 
Uh, I think it's about almost like two or three. I think this is like my third summer doing weddings. Yeah. So he has things. He has to. You know. You don't think about that. I forgot that the they only they didn't hire a second person to MC the wedding. So Robbie has to not only play music, but hey, everybody, come on out and do this. And then sometimes you have to leave the music to go tell the hey, do you you have to find the wedding planner and go hey, do you want to do the cake cutting ceremony? And uh, so he had him. He had to run and do it. One time he asked me to press a sound cue. I started to fucking sweat. Never doing that again. No. I fucked it up. I'm... So I'm, I'm trying to like so, – so what happens is there's one guy. It's everything that I talked about. They wait so long. Like with the minute the wedding party came up from where they – like on the other side of the house where they were having the ceremony, they were ready to dance. They were ready. They all got on the dance mm-hmm. floor. Robbie was playing some music. They were ready to dance. But, you know, they had, they had tradition. Sit down, everybody. We're going to eat a salad. And we're going to salad. We're going to eat the salad. And the meal's going to come out. And everything I said is true. By the time they're ready yeah. to play music, and like I said, when Robbie played music, he had a sound system. By the way, if you need a DJ, we should put his name up on the Facebook page. Robbie Kirkhoff. Robbie Kirkhoff. Because his system was good, he had a, he had a monitor. He he had a good system. He had a monitor to put behind the drummer, so they get the salad and then the dinner and then right after dinner, finally you think, okay, let's fucking play. Now it's going to be the first dance with the bride and the dad and the mom or whoever it is. Which, by the way, nobody wants to dance that long. If I was a wedding planner, by the way, we, this is going to be a little long, but then we're going to. I would ask. By the way, some people are uncomfortable dancing. When we do the dance, if you want, we can do a 30-second version of the song. What? It makes me... What fucking wedding planner? Why haven't they thought about that? Because let me tell you something. As I'm saying it, I know there's people listening going, yes, I see them out there dancing. And just for some people don't know that they can maybe say no. But what about in the middle is your parents want that. That means something to them, that first dance. So what do you do? Make it shorter. They were done after 25 seconds. Just let them go out and dance. If they want to dance, the wedding planner, no, no, we're comfortable dancing. We actually want to. Then you keep it. You keep the whole song. But they didn't do that. And then finally, finally after the salad and the dinner, then they go, oh, now we're going to have the first dance. Like, oh, shit. Okay, at least after the first dance. They ate their salad. They ate their dinner. The first dance. Boom. They start playing music and people start dancing. Mm-hmm. And then it seems like, I don't know, three songs later, we're going to cut the cake. Are you shitting me? Are you going to let this $100,000 party begin? Because you might go, well, Tom, it's a wedding. It's not a party. Well, that's, that's where maybe we disagree. I think people want to have a good time. You can do the cake thing. Maybe when everyone's dancing, all of a sudden the cake just shows up. And before one song stops and everyone's dancing, and then there's sort of like a beat that's happening in the background. Hey, everybody, you can, you know, we're going to cut the cake. They go over, they do it quick or whatever. Well, anyway, this one guy, fig- he knows I'm a comedian. So all he does is, nice guy. Very nice guy. Follows me around. He goes, I can't believe I'm the only one that recognizes you. I can't, I can't believe it. And then he walked over there. I can't believe I'm the only one that recognizes you. I can't believe I'm the only one that recognizes you. Hey, doesn't? Hey, do you, no one knows who this guy is? I'm like, it's embarrassing me. Because who could I be if I'm at a wedding running around trying to change things? Like, how, you know, you don't see Jim Carrey at a wedding, you know, or, or you, don't, you know what I mean? You don't see uh, 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 what, whoever. So finally, we were out near the bar and somebody else came over. They're like, hey, you're a comedian. I couldn't believe the, the vanity in me. My, I was like, oh, good, at least. He saw someone else recognize me, you know. <laughs> but uh, so finally, he brings the bride over, and he goes, "I want to introduce you to the Todd Glass. He's a comedian." I'm like, "Leave her alone." <laughs> yeah. 
By the way, they were a good-looking couple. Dude, there was a lot of good-looking people at that wedding. Yeah, they were like the type of people you want to see get married. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, you know what's funny? Remember I said on the smidget that they hear this? The truth is, if they heard that part, they'd be like, at least least they knew we were good. They were. They were very – and just very – they just seem very – you can make a quick judgment on people. They seem very sweet and very – just – you know, just by – I was watching them. So she goes, I love the drums. And I'm like, oh, motherfucker, here, I take over right now. <laughs> I go, oh, really? And I, Rob, poor Robbie is sweating because, you know, he's, like, looking oh at me. Because I keep bo- – I know on a scale from 1 to 10, you, how many times were there times where you were, like – I'll put it in a silly way, but you'll know what I mean. I love Todd, but Todd, you got to – because were there times, like, I kept telling you to turn the music louder? No, that that was fine. But when you did leave and you, you walked, you were like, oh, I'm going to walk away. I was like, okay. like I, I'm, I'm like, by myself, I got to collect my brain. You know, I got to – that was at 3 in the I morning. Have, I don't have Todd Glass breathing down my neck at this wedding. <laughs> I know. I felt bad because I was like, turn it up. I go, I'll give you 50 bucks if you turn the music up. <laughs> he goes, really? All of a sudden. <laughs> so anyway, now we put the drums in front of the dance floor because they say it's okay. We're smack in front of it. Martin is playing, and it sounds... It sounded awesome. It, everyone, everyone loved it. Everyone's like, because now you're gathering around it. There's something right in front. It's like a band, and everyone's gathered around it. And it's great, and the energy is like it's a. And Martin is, you know, some people. Martin goes, "Do you have a pair of sunglasses?" I like that he was thinking that way because no one wanted to move the drums. He goes, "Oh, it's all right here. I get it. No, one, you know, it's had to take time, you know." And it's like, but once we moved it, you could tell. Then he was into it. Yeah. He had a black suit on. He looked sharp. And all of a sudden, he, uh, I go. I asked Robbie, "Do you have a pair of sunglasses?" He said, "Yeah." I threw. I, get, I gave them over to Martin. He put them on. It did. It looked sort of cool. It could sound cheesy, but it actually looked really cool. He's playing the drums, and all of a sudden, the wedding planner comes over. And goes because he was playing for like three songs, and people were dancing. And uh, she goes, we, "We have a curfew, so you have to stop playing the drums at ten o'clock." You know what I say if you're spending hundred thousand dollars on the wedding? Keep playing until the cops show up, right. and then you turn it off. Why not go as long as you can go? I've been on a million ride-alongs, and when they show up to a wedding and there's just music, it's not kids having a party at a house, they have never shut it down, ever. Especially with an attractive uh, bride and groom. Exactly. They wouldn't shut that down. So then once I can take a little control, they have these lights because they're videotaping the wedding. Oh, my God. Look, I'm going to tell you this right now. It just really, I don't get it. So they have these two, I call them work lights. Why the fuck shouldn't I? Why do I have to call them? Oh, they're not work lights. They're um, they're camera lights. You know where they put one light over there, one light. So when they videotape, you can see everybody. Right. There's an in between. Right. There's an in between, and the fact that nobody catches that 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 ruins. So I asked. I go, hey, do you mind if we shut those lights out? Because now that the now that they like the drums, she goes. Oh, yeah, turn those out. And she goes, why are there work lights on anyway? I love that she called them work lights. <laughs> like no, it's not lights. It's not our job to go if the camera person was there or the videographer. They're not work. Hey, they're fucking work lights. So all of a sudden, boom, one the work light went out. It's like a square, big, powerful light. Boom, the other one went out. Guess what? Now you saw this. There was outdoor tenting. It was all white, and there were chandeliers hanging. Now that's all you saw. I was like, all of a sudden, it was like, ah. Uh... And it's dark, and there's chandeliers, and you see them, and it's, people are dancing, and then for four songs, and then the drummer had to go. <laughs> so it's just like, that was my night. That was my night. Just watching what I said, wedding planners, I don't know how the fuck they get that degree, but I don't know how. And it's not because I disagree with a few things they're talking about. I get it. I can still respect someone. Go, oh, you do it this way. There's comedians that have different styles than me. I still respect them. 
I'm talking about wedding planners that are just, what the fuck? How did you think you should fucking do this? How did you think that you're, you know, anyway, I'm done. I think my favorite part of the wedding was when uh, Todd got there and he had a lot of dirt on his shoes. And he was like, oh, shut the fuck <laughs> no, I'm almost, no, 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 I'm telling this. No, no, I want you to tell him. Because I, I wouldn't have caught myself doing I ca- it. I caught him doing it. We're standing there and there's one of the workers for the, the company. And he goes up to him and he goes, he has some dirt on his shoes. He's like, is there any way I could get a wet rag to clean up? I was like, <laughs> the I was Brian, like Todd, you just did the Brian. Way? I just watched you do the Brian Regan bit to him. I couldn't believe that I literally said that. I go, excuse me, is there any way I could get a wet rag to wipe my shoes? And immediately I was like, oh, my God, he subconsciously just did that. Oh, that's okay. It's all right. We were going to try to get it. Uh, but anyway, I can't believe Robbie just looks at me and goes, Todd, do you realize what you just did? I'm like, I try to like rewind what I just did. I go, I didn't do anything. He goes, you just said that. I, is there – and I did it with that voice. Is there any way – would there be any any way – like and then the picture of the guy going well, there rumor has it there used to be a rag somewhere around this house and water, but long gone is that person with the with the rag in the water for your shoes. There is no way. How many possible answers can there be to that question? Oh, ma'am, I'm sorry. There is no way. There is no way. I finally went to my car and I took my uh, jacket that I had in the car and I w- put a bottle of water all over in my shoes. This is the worst fucking end of this story. Who gives a fuck about my dumb, dirty shoes? But is there any way? Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break. We're going to get some fresh air. How, and how long, how long was that? We've been going about an hour. About an hour. That's fucking nuts. Some podcast, this is the show. We haven't even started yet, Gary. No, this is... Hey, wait. By the way, we just did a show. Well, it's our show. That's it. Well, it's our show. We're done. Isn't that how some podcasts do it? Oh, we're done. We're done. Uh, Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening to The Todd Glass Show. Not here. The Todd Glass Show. Mm Mm-hmm. Voted number one by the Podcasters Association of America. That's That's why we're the number one podcast, because we know how to do a show, you know, Hit the road, baby. That's what we do every week. We come in here. We, we know how to perform. We're going to take a break. Todd, real quick. Did, yes. you, did you help um, move Robbie's record albums in and, with the crates? No. No? I paid, I paid um, Jake to bring the drums. I don't like lifting but shit. The record, you do have crates <laughs> of record Todd, albums, Todd was, right? I love how he's, there's no record. He's making <laughs> no. a joke. Hey, can I you had a lot of record crates. I know, yeah, I know yeah. what DJs yeah. do. Yeah. They have crates of record albums. Can, can you yeah. imagine back, breaking that, back when they had to do that? <laughs> I that, know. that fucking it's blows. <laughs> Robbie, I go, Robbie has his computer with all the music on it, and I go, do you have a backup? He goes, no. And then I start to tell him how he could have a backup, but I go, maybe you should stop yourself. <laughs> when we were there, we had the drums there, and Todd was just moving the drums around. He's like, I hate physical labor. I was like, oh I do. It just makes me sweat, and then I'm in a shirt, and I'm sweating, and I'm moving. Ugh, gross. But, I, but you know, it's just, it's just hard for me. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. And you better have a nice thing that happened to you. Did you think of something? You did? Okay, that's something. That, that's you got to do a tease for when we come back. What, what happens? When we come back, we'll hear what Garrick is thankful for today. Stay tuned. Oh, 
Oh yeah. So here, here we go. We're gonna play the opening, but now I have a. The, that was the cold opening. That's a serious part of the show. That's you know we now this is the now, this is the cold opening to the opening, but the 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 little cold opening. That was the big cold opening. So here's a little cold opening. I'll tell you a story about my mom growing up, and then we play the intro. And oh, we're we gonna have fun. We got Garrick. Has got a nice thing he's thinking about over there. <laughs> He goes, I found a nickel. <laughs> we, we should have a bed of emotional music ready for Garrick's. Oh, definitely. So listen, when I was growing up, I was saying that my mom, a lot of my habits I get from my parents or my mom specifically, I'm very neat and very organized, but also I hope people feel comfortable at my home. Like I don't care if somebody spills something, if somebody drops something. A lot of times because I'm neat, when, when I drop something, people are like, and I go, no, no, that's, I don't give a shit. And I go, that's how my mom was. Like, we had – our house was fucking neat, but there was no room we weren't allowed to go in. We, we didn't take – you know, we didn't have to stop eating at a certain time. Uh, so but my, but my mom had little funny tricks growing up that would help us, you know, sort of – some of them were like, you know, when I look back, I didn't realize, like, it's sort of funny that she did this. She would go like she – we had to put our toys away. We could play in any room, put our toys in any room, but, but put your toys away when you're done. So my mom, I remember her once going – Hey, listen, if, sometimes I'll buy you guys a toy, but you don't like it, and you're afraid to tell me because it's like a day old, but you decided you didn't like it. She goes, don't worry about it. She goes, just leave it out on the floor, and I'll throw it out for you. <laughs> <laughs> so if we left a toy out on the floor, she would, you know, she'd throw it out where, in hindsight, right. we didn't know. It, she, wasn't putting it in a, she wasn't putting it in a dirty trash bag. She probably knew where she could put it. It looked like trash to us, but the truth of the matter is she wasn't going to go throw it out. But to us, she would be like, I go, I can't find my whatever it was. She would be like, oh, I threw it out. You left it out on the floor for me because you didn't like it. So she wasn't even mad at us. So, but, so it was more us training ourselves to go, she's – subconsciously, we probably thought, she's fucking stupid. <laughs> you know, she, she thinks we want to throw out our toys. She's trying to help us. So our job was to not leave the toy out. That's brilliant. Yeah. The other time was she – somebody put gum in the bathroom um, – in the bathroom uh, paper, paper basket. You know, where, where you throw shit in in the bathroom, the trash can. Someone put gum in it. She wanted to find who it was so bad. Now, keep in mind, my mom might have been – I might be off two or three years with the age. She was probably 23, 24, 25. So she's young. You know, like now you know, oh, yeah. And, I, and by the way, it's all funny stuff, you know. So uh, she goes, whoever put the gum in there – no one would tell her. She goes, whoever put the gum in there gets to help me make cookies. <laughs> <laughs> so my brother Spencer admitted it was him and he got to make cookies. And we were like, that's not fair. She goes, I can't, I, I can't lie. I can't say that. And then – Trip him, trick him. I wanted to know to the point of he he he, he got to make cookies just because he admitted it. That's brilliant. That might well, it might be brilliant, but also I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm maybe no like, no because she I was think, sick. No, I I'm think kidding. A lot of no, I love a it. lot of moms would go back on that and then uh, no, but she, you can only do that once because then you're going to train your kids to know you're full of shit and then she, they're never going to learn. She had a lot of good theories. She had a lot of good theories, like you know, tell kids the truth. They might, if they if you tell them the truth, now obviously you tamper it a little. But if they ask about a sexual act or if they ask about something that you presu- presume that you want to. She goes, you're not going to, you know, you can tamper it a little. Tell them the truth, even if it's a little vivid, because if they don't, they'll know they're being lied to, but they'll know they're being told the truth, even if they don't understand what you said. For some reason, it stops the questioning. They, they somehow, and I bet there's a, a reason behind it with sociology, sociolo- a social, uh, sociological. Yeah, could doctor could tell you why? Oh yeah, because they it it it, it pleases what they they subconsciously know that they were told the truth. 
So anyway, I'll never worried go worried now. Go like, you know what? If if you don't want me to come out there, um, just say something. Since you didn't say not to visit, I'm just going to go ahead and visit. <laughs> <laughs> like, mom, no, wait. She's still I'm doing. I'm an adult it. now. <laughs> There you go, motherfucker. <laughs> All right. I like that. Well, do it again then. You like it? Tom Martin. You still like it? Do Hell st- yeah, I love play it. Play it again for the Tom nice gentleman. Martin. Do you still like yes. it? Yes. Uh, excuse me, Jake. Play it again for the nice gentleman. Tom Martin. Do you like it? More than ever. Uh, excuse me, Jake, but don't you think we should play it again for the nice gentleman? Tom Martin. Do you Doesn't st- it have a volume? <laughs> See, we go from serious to funny like a motherfucker. You know what? Uh, let's start the show. A very funny guy, Todd Glass. Hello. Is that Sarah Silverman? Uh, yeah, Neil. Uh, Neil. Neil Nana. Is Neil Nana there? From Atlanta. Neil Nana from Atlanta. You're saying his name wrong and you're talking over the intro. So are you. I love Neil Nana. Oh, uh, yeah, is Neil Nana there? Neil Nana from there's a, there's Atlanta. A D, a D sound in there. Neil Nanda? Neil Danda from Atlanta. <laughs> uh, is it Neil? Neil uh, does he have a podcast? You should plug your podcast. Oh, we did. <laughs> Why am I talking? No. Oh, my. Guess what? I have a new way to open the show. I, I want to open it up different. Why don't I treat myself with the respect that these big acts treat themselves? So here's what I want you to do. And you can play drums along. Uh, where's that fun song? It's like it's called um, Go to the Other Board. I'll find it. Okay, right there. Yeah, so hold, not yet. Not yet. Hold on. Testing one, two. Testing one, two. Hold on. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Is that funny that my chair fell over? Is that who I work with? <laughs> Everyone started applauding. Live from Los Angeles Boulevard, I'm Todd Blackboard Smokers. So plays the drums. A nice round of applause for Aristotle. And now the stars. How's everybody? What a, what a, oh, by the way, that's hilarious. The guy that does all that fan for, fanfare, but then when he comes up here, oh, he just, he's just like, uh, just, he's gotten, oh, wait, that's like James's bit. 
Where the, the open mic nighter that has a big intro. Uh, he has like, why am I talking right. to you like I'm not doing this? Well, well, like, hey, this <laughs> that was so much fun. Let's do that again one more time. I'll come in. Hey, I'll try to repeat. Now these, this is not. Can you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna write these jokes. I wrote these jokes down from a, a late night talk show host, but I then I lost the piece of paper. But I think I remember the jokes. These are honest monologue jokes. So I'm going to do it. That you wrote originally or you heard? No, no, these are ones I took from the TV list. Okay. <laughs> so I, That's easier. Who I took them from after I do them. All okay, right. So let's do that opening. By the way, Aristotle, great on drums. You played like a motherfucker. That's right. Have a nice round of applause That's for right. Aristotle. That is some good shit. How's that? Is that, is that louder? Sure it is. <laughs> is there? Well, who the fuck? All of a sudden, he's a DJ. He knows everything. Hey, Todd. Todd, you know how you get you snap and get mad at the band sometimes? Yeah. It would be really funny to hear you snap at yourself and scream at yourself. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I just thought of something, and I want to make sure. You, you know when we were playing that great, the happiest fucking song that it, that ex- Play that song right now. Are you shitting me? Are you shitting me? Pause it. I'll tell you to pause it, and I'll leave it on. It's like, play it again. Play it again. Go ahead. Nice and loud. That is the best thing I've ever heard in my entire life. I'm in love with that song. It's so it's everything I want but a live band playing. Pause it. Yeah, yeah, the president should play that before he gives a State of the Union speech. Just like play that for a half hour for the Senate. So remember the part when we were playing that great song and I was going, Tonight Live, Tom Martin. Uh, could you hear, you think? Was that good? Yeah. yeah. You really think so? Because I, w- I was going to maybe want to redo it. But not if we don't need to. Okay, so we don't. So I'm, let me reintroduce myself, and then I'll do some monologue jokes like okay. I talked about. Okay, so and, you... and we should guess the comedian? The, or the... Well, you don't have to guess him. I think it might be hard. And by the way, it's no disrespect to that comedian, because after I thought about it, well, I'll tell you what I thought about afterwards. Right. <laughs> you got something nice that happened to you? Yeah. Guess. Right. Okay, hey, this is the music he gets. Play the same music. Sure, why not? Hey, guess what's up? That's right, everybody. Garrett. Okay. Pause it. All right, so I was, um, you know, like when you start comedy, like I've been doing it like a little while, uh, you start and you like like lose support from like adults or whatever, and uh, Mr. Martin, like... Mr. Martin, that's me. That's what he calls me. Mr. Martin. Call him Tom. 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 Um, Tom messages me and he's like, oh, would you like to come and do the, the Todd Glass show or sit in and whatever, and... I'm driving down here. I don't know the location, and I just had a birthday, and I'm driving down. I see all these car lots, and I'm like, oh, my God. I think Mr. Martin bought me a car. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, and you kind of, like, over-romanticize. Like, but I was thinking in my mind, I'm like, I, I think he did. But, you know. Did I you tell him? <laughs> ah, I you got you that yellow car. Ferrari. Play the music again. Everybody gets a car. Why not, right? Here we go. Hear the drums. Listen to listen to him with the drums. Keep going. I want to hear it. Just you. Go.
All right, so let's do it again. Okay, play it. Play me out. Okay, here we go. Oh, shit, I almost forgot to take my headsets off. Okay, here we go. Go ahead. Ladies and gentlemen, Tom Glass. Six uh, hundred tons of pot on uh, cocaine on a U uh, on a United flight uh, commercial flight. I'm, I'm probably getting some of the facts wrong. Uh, I wouldn't do it this way if I had a show. But no. So stay on, on a, on a United. Let me put my hands behind my back like Carson used to do. I really own it. I guess you read. See, if I could do it like that, I could do it because then that's the time you need. Right here's you. It'll be Johnny esque. Uh, I guess you saw in the news today that a United flight. They found 600 tons of coke on the flight. And uh, on a related note, Charlie Sheen is having his uh, blah, 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 That was the basic of the joke at the place where the coke was. Uh, who's the, Ron Zimmerman. Uh, now, I saw Ron Zimmerman uh, apparently has escaped, and the police don't uh, know where he is. But they'll find him. Hey, let me tell you something. You can get away with murder, but you can't get away without paying child support. Because <laughs> I guess they're after him for child support. All right, that's it. <laughs> that was horrible. In all fairness, I didn't do those jokes. But you know what you did? Th that first one with the, the Charlie Sheen and the cocaine story. It is basically, if you just get a newspaper and you look at headlines. I used to write monologue jokes years ago. And you just basically find a headline and find another headline and then a pop culture reference, and you just marry the two. And, and, and everyone's thinking the, the long, along the same lines that it's not uncommon to write word for word the exact same monologue joke as someone else who's, who's – uh, it's eerie, like word for word. Oh, sometimes that happens. Yeah. Tom? Yeah. Tom Martin's back on the show. Oh man, I wish I had Joe McKenzie for a teacher. You do? Do you like this one? I like it even better than the other times I liked it better. Play the other one. Play this one here. See if he likes this one. Be honest with me. Do you like this one? I thought it could be louder. Do you like this one? No, no, that's not good. What about uh, when the ship... Play the, let me try that song one more time. 
I really think I could. Tom, I, be, I was wishing you were here last week because you were saying that you thought Daniel Kino uh, was, uh, you know, a little. A little uh, no, no. I, I told him. <laughs> no, you don't want to talk about it? Okay. No, he I said that Daniel, Daniel was like, Daniel, tell me what you said. All right, Daniel, if you're listening to this. <laughs> I'm going to make him. Are you kidding me? I will bring this over to his house. It sounded, and play it sounded it tr- like you are in. Whatever you're saying, let me stop you so, right. I'm not, so I'm fair to you. Whatever you're saying, I will put on a flatbed truck with a PA system, drive it over to his house, okay, and play good. it as in his window. <laughs> like, it, all of a sudden, I just want to be honest with you. Here's what you're going to hear. Here, here. Tom! I mean, Daniel! (laughs) This is what Tom said. I'm going to play it on a PA now. Glad you say it. All right. It seemed like Daniel was was being a little mean to you the last show. And let me stop you and even fix what you're saying more, because here's what you're going to say. You get that the dynamic, you get that we both... No, I totally get that. You get we both care about each other, we love each other. Hold on, I want to. I want to. I'm going to make. Believe me, I'm trying to drive home what you said a little better. It only is effective if it comes from a very fair place. And you know, we are like we. The song, obviously, that we're joking with the song. The only reason we wrote that is because everyone goes, "Gosh, you guys like you're like brothers, or you're like husband and wife." When you're really close to any of your friends and you're in healthy friendships, yeah, it's it's going to seem like that. You're going to be so close, you know. So you know that, right? And you know that dynamic. With all that out of the way and respected, I think you're right. And it works because it's real, and he was probably maybe drunk instead of high or whatever it was. But he was in a very which, – which was still fun, and I, I did listen to some of the show. And it was like there was an honest butting of heads and then making me laugh so hard. It was a great thing, but there was a little well, here's what anger there. Daniel, this is the way I perceived it, and then you can critique my show too right after this, which will be easy, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm setting myself up no, for a you, big fall here. Let me tell you no, something. I thought it felt a little bit one, just one, one move. It just felt like there wasn't the usual range. It, it, it was uh, just sort of like, like a comedian playing a tough crowd, sort of playing the same vein of, of uh, feeling the whole way through, which was like the way you, you're like a rebellious little brother in a way. Tom, but, yeah. you're – you're right. I know it seems weird because I'm self, but you're right. You said it so brilliantly. It was. It was. But by the way, it was still funny. It was still hilarious. Yeah. Why am I so? Why am I happy you brought it up? I'll tell you why. Because I thought it after I drove home. I thought I realized that the different dynamic that night. But I had a great time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like because I know that wherever he was in his headspace. Here's why. If Daniel was listening, he won't mind it. Wherever he was in his headspace, that's really where he was. Right. And. It was a different dynamic, but he was in a different place in his headspace. It still worked because he's funny and he cares about me. But he was in a what he was in a unique. He was in a he was in a different headspace. Right. But the thing I like about, saying it like that yeah. because it's not it's not a fluffy way to say it wasn't it wasn't a good show. It was, but it came. Every show's derived out of different things, and where his headspace was drove the show in a in a definite way, which was different and. But, but here's but it was, why. But it, here's was, why it, but it was real. Here's why it worked is because he would find something that you said, and then sort of pick the weakest point of it, and then shoot the shit out of it. But then he got away with it because then he would shoot shoot his own idea down quicker well, than you could shoot it down. Let me th- because you're right because in that headspace, even when Daniel wasn't, I'm calling it a headspace, but I think that's fair. He's also very in that same critical headspace of himself. Oh, totally. Yeah, and, and, and also sarcastic about himself and also very, you know, like it all comes from Daniel Kino. So even in that headspace, I know he's – there's a warmth there. But right. anyway, I think that's interesting to talk about. You know why? I'll tell you why for two reasons I think that's interesting. Because if someone listening 
knows exactly what we mean, let's say they're like, I thought that. Then you connect that that crazy, like, feels like we feel. Still fucking love the show. I thought it would probably, I really enjoyed that show. That doesn't negate that it was from a headspace. So someone, it's to me it's interesting because either someone's listening and going, I felt the same way. Or there's the person, and still interesting, I think, that's going, that is so funny. I wouldn't, I never even thought anything. It's interesting how different you could listen to the same thing and different people take different things from it. So no matter what, this show's interesting. Right. <laughs> but one thing Daniel does, and this is, this is whether it's picking up the thing that he wants to attack you with or he picks the most interesting thing. He's a good interviewer. He's a very good interviewer. Yeah, and he tried to- and he's a good conversationalist because yes. I've, I've talked to him before, and he's very smart, and he has a way of drawing br- you in. He's brilliant. And then sort of finding the weak spot of your argument yeah. and throwing it back at you in a hilarious way. Yeah. No, so he can use that any that power of deconstructing a conversation or a point of view. He can wield that in many different ways. But I felt like he was wielding it in just kind of one way right. in this last year. And you know what? I realized something, you know, because on the, on the uh, well, that Daniel, it's sometimes the, the danger in having a friend that like connects with you at that level is that you start getting very dependent. Like, you know, like you can't do anything without calling that person and going, hey, do you think I should do this show? Like, it's, it's Thursday, but then I have another show Friday. It's like you get because they, you know, you're just around them so much. And then they're they have wisdom that might not even apply to them as much as it, you know, because Daniel has a lot of wisdom to offer and he's very smart. And, and uh, where do we get going? Oh, I- I'm high. <laughs> right, I have to admit it because I got a little lost because it was like okay it was complimenting da- how did it turn from what it seemed like as we were making fun of Daniel and then all of a sudden it turned into a compliment fest no I still own what I said up front and that's why it's going to make everything I said more real he was in a headspace that was thank that was uh, funny for a radio but there was a headspace that he was in and he was there and it wasn't a silly like that's why by the way if you re-listen to the show and i go hey you know why don't you just do what we're doing and be silly instead you're sitting there with your hand on your face watching us like the drunk guy i used to be fun i said that on the show so i'm already we alluded to it hi tom it's todd how are you let me let me do something nice for the people no bullshit i want to do this for you guys tom i want you to really because I think this is where he wasn't. I'm not saying am I as good as Roger Whittaker, but <clears throat> echo. There's a ship that lies rigged. Todd, ready. there was one part of the show I agreed with with Dan with with, uh, with what? Well, uh, D- Daniel had some good points in the show last week. He, he, I mean, as far as this this singing of this oh, particular song, you're not you. a terrible singer. Thank you. Hey, shut the fuck up, Daniel. I'm a good singer, right? No, no, no. I'm, I'm oh, just, I thought this, that's what you were saying. No, no. I, there's one, I think Daniel was right on the money when he was saying that maybe you, you don't have an ear for how you sound in this particular song. Well, are you going by what he said or are you going no, by... No, I'm going off my ears. Well, can you do me a favor then? Sure. Can I sing it? And if you really feel that way, I'll listen. But I think I you might be, be you're the, very influenced by Daniel. Just because you said... I don't want to be the only one against it. So if everybody else... Well, does anyone else want to hear Because I don't. I think you do. I know I Neil hear. does. No, I think Neil wants to hear it, don't you? No, not at all. Neil says no. Well, I mean, Neil gets shy around sometimes me because I'm a headliner. <laughs> so it's settled. So, We're not going to hear the song. We'll go to well, the... Well, hold on. Oh, I thought we agreed. Oh, my God, Tom. I'm your good friend, but, like, let me... Get, Neil is shy around some because I'm a headliner, and I'm a very overbearing. <laughs> you know? He might feel uncomfortable. Do you... you if you don't want to hear it, say you don't want to hear it. I'm not going to be a bully to you. Do, do you want to hear it or don't you? 
All right, all right. I mean, you know, that's okay. I'm so glad you're honest with me. I'm not a freak or anything like that. Uh, but how can I look into to, to Robbie Kirkhoff's face and, 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 and disappoint him? He wants to hear it. I know he does. God, no. God, no. Please, no. Oh, well, he was hit when he was in school. He was traumatized. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Robbie, I mean, I can't do that because I'm going to tell you the truth, and I'm not going to lie to you. That's, I feel like I was his birthday present. I was going <laughs> to sing the song. Do you, do, you, do, you, do you want your birthday present? No, no. I hate, Jay, I hate presents. All right, I'll do it for you, you little fuck. Come on. <laughs> we actually have a lot of stuff to get to. <laughs> um, Daniel actually texted me, and he said that um, – which would you rather have, air in your tires or sing the song? Because he's going to let all the air out of your tires if you sing the song. <laughs> I don't so know. I think that there is a good version of this song. We just have to find what it is. You know. There's a show lies rigged and ready ah! at the Nerdist. On Fridays after Marin, it's on. Far away in the land of black horse motors To your ears from your computer or iPod And I shall listen to that show tomorrow For our hearts are full of joy at hearing Todd This looks narcissistic <laughs> Todd's is so much better, much better than all other casts of Todd. For it's the Todd Glass Show. Look how easily Joe McKenzie sings. Much better than all other casts of <laughs> There's bubbles everywhere. There's bubbles on a radio show. Oh, my God. Can I tell you what was happening? Okay, everybody, listen. So I have the my hand thing, the hand bubble machine. So I'm listening to a song about how great the podcast is, and then I'm putting bubbles, my own bubbles, into the air. Play the song again. So picture me. Hold on. I want to get to the second bubble machine in a second. So this song is playing, and then I'm... Waving bubbles all over there. So we're all sitting in a dark room, and then bubbles are everywhere falling around us. But here's the part. I'm the one shooting bubbles out of a machine. Then we have a new bubble machine that I forgot that, that um, uh, Robbie Kirkhoff turned on, and that just shoots out bubbles. It's like a mounted bubble machine. Listen to the song, everybody. Really take it in this time. I shall listen to that show tomorrow. That's okay. For our hearts are full of joy at hearing time. All right. I am in the best mood. Can I ask you a question? And I think it's okay to talk about it because I wanted to... Neil, you okay? I'm wet. <laughs> Neil's closest to the bubble machine. Because I'm going to... You might think it's odd that I take the, the show this way, but like... I've talked about this before when I break cell phones and stuff like that when I get upset. And usually for me, it doesn't... By the way, it doesn't rationalize... Going, oh, I'm not, I don't get angry at people. I get angry at things getting – it's still not – you still don't want to do that. Yes, it's better that maybe you get angry at yourself than you take it out on other human beings. And I'll give myself credit there. I tend to be – I get when you're around other people, there's a civilness you have to 
you know, people, you know, people have feelings just like you. They get hurt. I, I'm, I get my feelings hurt so easy. So I try to be very sensitive around other people. But I do fucking lose my shit sometimes about organization that goes wrong or I don't want to do that. So I know with you, with knowing a lot about, you know, sort of energy and massage and all that, like, do you ever have a temper that is ah! like – do I ever have a temper? Do yeah. you really? Oh, sure. And 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 by the way, I don't want to. I don't want to set up a dishonest perception of where I get when I get angry or how uh, long, how much of my life it is. But I also don't, I want to be honest about it. So I'm not saying this to like because I'm embarrassed. The majority of the time, I'm okay, and that's why I think it's so dealable. But there's a five percent time when finances confuse me or something doesn't check out right or the fo- something happens and the phone bill shows up and it's $800 because I forgot. And I can't handle the thought process in my head of how it got there. Do you have any tips on that? Um, well, the things that, that, that I do before I have to call someone on a phone tree, like whether it's Verizon or somebody that, that you're going to like deal with cell phone stuff or the utility or it could be a hotel. Oh, that, yes, or yes, well, not a hotel, but you bill. know what I mean. But yeah, if someone right. fucked up the bill and you I had that happen it. once, and I was trying to fix it, or but only if I can handle it. And by the way, it's never somebody was so rude to me at a hotel because that I understand. I can go call up and discuss it, and but it's when I can't figure it out. Like with AT and T, I talked about it last right. week. Right. So, but by the way, that doesn't matter. Whoever's listening, we all have different reasons when we can't cope. So it doesn't matter what your reason is or my reason. What do you do? I'll tell you you what I do. I know that I have a a short fuse for that kind Mm -hmm. of thing, and then it works against me. So I actually uh, meditate for about... Now, but, uh, by the way, let me I stop you. I swear to you. God, that's let me what stop I do. you. What I, I don't want to be like to the to the uh, the very uh, typical interviewer style that I'm about to use. But what do you say to the people? Maybe me being one of them, and maybe the answer is, well, fucking evolve past it, Todd. When I hear meditate, you lose me because well, well then there's there's got to be something that puts you in a mindset that gets your head operating sort of in in harmony with the rest of your to, to get your your thoughts. Operating with your emotions. Can I tell you the one I use? Yeah. That's why I'm coming. It does work. But I have a friend. His name is Jim Sanders. And this sounds like, you know, like, um, you know, uh, well, it doesn't sound like anything. Just talk. I heard someone talk like me the other day. Like they were prefacing everything. It drove me nuts. I'm like, is that what I do? Jesus Christ. (laughs) So anyway, it doesn't sound like anything. I'm I'm talking, having an honest conversation. I have a friend that was in in a accident. He dove into the pier in Stone Harbor, paralyzed himself. He has no, no, no mobility from the neck down. And you know what? Believe it or not, I know this sounds weird. I don't know what his deepest thoughts are. But I go over there. I, I, we still have the same sense of humor. We still laugh. We have a good time. We, we used to get high. I haven't seen him in like two years. I think he might have stopped smoking pot. His name's Jim. And, uh, but he's a paraplegic. And I knew Jim like, fuck, he was 23 years old. And it was like, I think on days when I get stressed out, like he would fucking love to have too much shit to do that involved getting in and out of a car. Right. Driving. You know what I mean? He would love to have some shit to do, to have to go. And that works sometimes. Uh-huh. To just go, you know, but that's where I go now. That's my meditation. But if, if there's something better than that, then maybe I'll try that. Do you Do you have a temper ever? Uh, yes, I do. But I take it out on myself. Yeah. Anyway. So would you? Because you do massage, I thought that's why I brought it up to not to be depressing. <laughs> well, no, I did a massage. I have a regular client I do on Tuesdays, and I, I before I came here, it's it's sort of like uh, a, a meditation. If you work on someone for an hour and a half, you're forced to focus on one thing for that entire time, and a lot of time you're taking deep uh, breaths the whole time too. So it, you feel great 
after you work on somebody. You know, Probably as good as the person who got the massage. You, 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 what you just said, uh, I, I used to know a girl who gave massages, and she said, when you have love mixed in with a massage, and it doesn't mean it's not, you know, it's love yeah, yeah. of the passion, the love. She goes, you do feel as good as they do at the end in a weird way because you, when you, if, if it means anything to you to bring relaxation and joy to somebody – if it doesn't, well, you might not feel yeah. so good if you're some narcissist giving massages. But if knowing how good you're making someone feel, because here's the point of the massage to me that is unbelievable. And it's, from the beginning, it feels good. If The minute they get a grip on you and you, they know how to do it and they know sometimes they just know how the pressure, it feels good right away. That's not the great part about the massage. You know when everyone says you take a deep breath, take a deep breath, take it. There's a point in a massage, and to me it's around 15 minutes in without anyone telling you to do it. You yeah. take a deep breath. You let it out. It just no one had yeah, to tell yeah. you to do it. That forced you to do it. And there's a oh, oh totally. And it, God, it does it feel like 15 minutes in, and just now even imitating it, letting your hands down, and just like, and that's like a good place to be, you know? Yeah. How do we get here to this conversation? Uh, we're talking about ways to deal with anger or rage. Uh, what, getting what a massage. But by the way, getting a massage doesn't help. So all this talk was for nothing. <laughs> Can I give you guys a treat? Sure. Do, do you like treats? I like treats. Everyone else, do you guys like treats? I feel like it's too early to give it. Probably not. We but I, because so, <laughs> Tom, I love you. You're so great. You're everything I needed. You know, just good energy right across from me, like like high candy. Did you hear that, Daniel? He likes me, right? Now. <laughs> like, but Daniel and I are brothers, and you're like the older brother of the dad that we're trying to compete for the attention of. Dan- Daniel was bad last week. I've been good all week. All right, hold on. Can someone come over here? We might need this louder. I want you to do me a favor and have your hand in case we need it louder. Well, you have to play the music, too. So, um, but i got to be over at that soundboard. So in case we need it, well, do you want me to? Todd, is this the treat? Yes. <laughs> Motherfucker. I thought it would be oh, like cake on. or something. I've been, hold on. Oh, shit. The treat's a harmonica? <laughs> D- Daniel, Todd can't hear right now. You were right. This, this is crazy shit. What the fuck's happened to Todd? He's, 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 he's giving us a treat. It's a fucking harmonica yeah, thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you get over here to this volume in case it needs to be louder. He thinks it's a TV show. Now he's right got here. he's got a, a light show right and here. bubbles. No, no, it's over the PA, I need it. So Jesus, you Dan, okay, get here we go. get over here, Kino. Get over here right now. Put it over the PA. All right. So what I want to do is I, I I've really been putting a lot into this. I've been trying to learn the harmonica, and you know. You know, Tom, your favorite song is River Deep Mountain High, right? Sure it is. That's a fucking hard song to learn how to do. Don't tell me you learned it. <laughs> Tom, I just said the night. You know what I found out? If you tell someone how much you care about them, sometimes they take you for granted. Don't you do that. Okay. I had that happen once before. <laughs> with a girl named Gina Malone. That's a true story. Here's what happened. I was at a funeral, and everyone talked about how Judy Toll changed their life. And Judy Toll made everyone feel funny, and she made she was funny, and she made you feel funny. And I thought, who do I know that's still alive? Don't wait till they're dead. And I thought of my friend Gina Malone. She makes me feel funny. She's funny. I love being around her. And I told her, I said, Gina, I told her what I just told you. And I said, I just want to let you know, you're my friend. You make me feel 
funny, you're funny, I love you, you're here, I just want to let you know you're appreciated. She's been shitting on me. <laughs> now, of course, I'm kidding a little bit, but there's some truth to that. I tell her that. By the way, the running joke we have between her, I call her up, you've been shitting on me ever since. Because now she knows I care about her. If she has tickets to something, she's not going to give them to me. I love her already. She's going to give them to a friend she's trying to win over. Once you tell them you love them, they'll fuck you up. Now, this is for you, Tom. Oh my God! Amazing! Wow! Look at him go! Is it too much to say you're a genius? Tom, I knew you liked that song, and I really wanted to learn it on the harmonica. Wow. Now I'm back. How are you? Good. I feel like I left this planet. Well, you were so into your harmonica playing. When, you, when you're in a solo like that, you probably feel like you, you, you're in a different plane. That was crazy. Um, but I feel good now. We're back. I hope that, th that video gets posted, because people won't believe how much you oh, were We got like, some good video of that. Yeah. I was really getting into it. Could you tell? You know when I stopped doing it when I thought you guys were thinking, I think he really thinks he's playing. <laughs> like I just wanted to look good for the you know for the for you guys, but then I thought you thought, oh, in his mind, he's like he thinks we're like going. Todd's really good on the uh, whatever he was playing, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank. Uh, I want to thank Tom Martin is out there tonight. Tom Martin. Uh, I just want to say that to my friend Tom Martin, can you tell where we looped it? <laughs> can it? I hope you can't tell. I don't have a band anymore. Can you tell? I hope no one can tell where the band loops. I hope. I sure hope they can't tell. Uh, I hope they can't. Uh, I hope they can't tell. <laughs> you know, I haven't had a band in over 20 years. I just have a. I just play this in the background. I sure hope the crowd can't tell where I looped them. There's no band behind me. They're dummies. No one can tell. Listen closely. You can. Can you tell seriously? <laughs> I got one of the best loopers in the business. I like to say hello and give a nice round of applause to my the looper. He's the best looper in the business. Jake Adams, everybody. You can't find. You can't find his loops. Let's let it, come to the mic. How long have you been looping? I've been looping since I was four and a half years old. We'd like to sit back and pay tribute now to the wonderful looping. It is truly the best. You can't... Now, I don't want to talk over it because it, it, it looks like we're hiding something. 
Let's be quiet. You find the loop, and I'll give you a fucking million bucks. How long have you been looping? I've been looping since I was four and a half years old. This is the best looping I've ever heard. Listen again. You can't find it. You can't find it. It's a fucking impossible. It is got- fucking... Let me tell you something, you piles of shit out there that think you got a good ear. You can't fucking find the looping in this song. That's how good Jake did. He did a great job. Shut the fuck up and listen. Shut the fuck up. You can't fucking hear it. Goddamn flawless. Is that, was that okay? That's good. That's why... Um, <laughs> That's, that why, okay? that's that's why uh, the boss plays those three and a half hour concerts. Sure, anybody you know anybody could he just do loops this. it. Yeah, here's what. Ladies and gentlemen, can I get some reverb? Thank you. I want to say hi to my friend Daniel Kino. Daniel, I know that headspace you're in. It's called get off the pot, get on the liquor. <laughs> my friend Daniel Kino. <clears throat> I want to say hi. I want to say. I want to say. <laughs> Let's stop and take a breath and enjoy life. You know, look at this show. Look how much fun we're having. <laughs> well, I don't know if I really want to make it look like. Well, I mean, we'll talk about that in the no. I had a uh, <laughs> no. I'm not. The only reason I will bring up what I had to talk about is if I make myself a promise that I won't talk about it. Otherwise, it's nauseating. What is it? Well, I had a funny story about when I did Louis C.K.'s show yeah. about about an extra. So I told um, Aristotle, I go, well, just remind me during the show and I'll tell it. Well, he slides me a piece of paper that says, "Remind Todd about the Louis <laughs> and the Louis C.K. story." Well, now I have to bring it up, but I wanted it to be like. I'm, Hey, Todd, what about that? Oh, sure. I guess I wouldn't mind telling that little anecdote. And that's, the, that's why I can't tell it. Yes, you can. Uh, by the way, it has nothing to do with me. So it's not like, it's like, oh, uh, my acting was so great. It has, I'm going to tell it. People know what I'm, they know. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying, and you also understand I'm going to get over it and tell the fucking story. I'm not going to be like, no, nobody wants to hear it. Do you want us to pretend T- we're talking Todd. about something else for a couple no, of minutes? No, I want to tell the story. Hey, Todd, I, I saw you on Louie. Oh, oh! Here's how I wanted it to go down. Not overacting. I want no, no, because then listen. I'll just say it. There was a woman who was so. By the way, this teaches you how to be like if you're um, the majority of extras. I would imagine it's like anything else. They do their job. They get in there. They get out. But this was a parody of a bad extra. A parody of it, like not even an extra, like a used extra. You know how they have like the extra extras, and then there's a small group of extras, but you're you might even have a well, I don't know if that's called an extra. You might have a line, you might have a look you have to give, you might have to look into the this was this. She so she could have been, you know, had a cool little part. She was so annoying that he kept moving her further and further from okay, was so this you know, a, a plot in the show, or was it something that actually oh no, happened? this actually happened. So we were shooting this in an airport that was closed, and um. She uh, eventually, like Louis, would be like, "All right, so you know, she'll be like, you know, right over there, like two feet from him." And then the more annoying she got, he wanted her, her away from him, so he would like go, "Okay, so she's like at the other end of the airport. We see her, like maybe we pick up her in a glimpse of the shot." I go, if, "Ma'am, if you'd shut the fuck up, you keep getting moved further and further away from this shot, you know, because you just want to get people away from." He goes, "Yeah, she's like pulling into the airport. She never really showed up. We give her a check. She doesn't." My stories.
Can I tell you something? Hold on. I, okay. This is, you know, I can do what I want this week. <laughs> I don't got Daniel to make fun of me. All right? We'll do whatever we want. We're full-grown adults, and that's what's great about this. Can we get some reverb? Can you turn this mic on? Can you? I want Neil to come to the mic. Move away. Let Neil come to the mic. Don't move it. Just Neil. I want to see how he would sing along with this. I like it. You know what? No more petit petit for you guys. Todd, it's not fair for me to sing because I wrote that song. You wrote this song? Yeah. You swear to God. Oh, yeah. This is the part. I say it all night to get this just right. Well, it's all the same, it seems. Oh, not if you know songwriting. (laughs) Joe McKenzie will back me up on that. Shut the fuck up. This song. You're going to hold court? Yeah, Yo, Todd. By the way, I do love this song. Why am I writing Thank it off? You. I'm serious. Like the truth is, why am I writing this song? This is as good as a Bob Dylan song. It sticks in my head. Okay, take it away, Jake. Can you give young Jake more reverb? Okay, can you move the mic over and let, um, uh, <laughs> Robbie, Robbie, Gary, go, Robbie, just Robbie Kirkoff. Can you give him a little drum beat in the background so we can eventually weed the music out? Give me some drums. Yeah, go ahead. Perfect. Oh, <laughs> no, you keep going. I'll bring the music back to get your rhythm. Come on, you gotta eventually just you gotta go to close. Good for you. Does anybody else? Uh, by the way, I don't like to make anyone do that. That's a weird headspace to have to go to. Anybody else want to do it? They're more than happy Derek, to do you're, it. You're a musician. Are you? Do you sing? See how I move everyone aside? I push everyone out of the way. All of a sudden, I'm pushing Eric. You don't sing? You just play the guitar? Oh, well, get your guitar. Do you have it with you? Wait, it's on his. What if it's on his back, like old school? (laughs) You (laughs) mon. And then a cowboy hat comes up the top. (laughs) Tom Yeah! That's right, baby. You're listening to the Todd Glass Show. Todd, would it be too much to ask if you just played that at every show, even if I'm not here? I think it'll lift, lift everyone's spirits. <laughs> oh, I was listening to, uh, you know what's really weird? When you listen to the old um, theme, you ever watch the old shows like we used to watch when we were growing up? 
Like on TV, like on TV Breaking Land. Breaking Bad? No, on TV Land, like when you watch the old shows. No, don't, don't, don't go don't. over. To, no, don't, Aristotle, don't do that. No, don't no. laugh at me, Aristotle. No, 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 no don't. He don't go. Over, I've mentioned old shows, and he's going over to the uh, to the microphone. Don't. You don't have to do anything. I like old. Sh- go ahead. You know, I don't. After these messages, we'll be right back. Oh, I wish I were an No, no, Aristotle. Give me a break. No, Aristotle. I don't. I get it. You get what I'm talking about. Okay, I get it. You get what I was talking about. Aristotle. Yeah, the old commercials. I get it. I get. You know, this is not making me like you anymore. I know they're old commercials. Aristotle, now you're starting. I'm, I'm, I honestly, this is the way you lose a fucking job. Yes, I remember this commercial, Aristotle. I'm really starting to get pissed off. But I'm just gonna shut the fuck up and let him. Wow, that was great, Aristotle. Yeah. Hey, hi, I, hello, this is the chat guy. Hey, hi, hello, thanks for stopping by. I like you and I hope you like I. Hey, hi, hello, hey, hi, goodbye. Hey, how, hello, hi, hello, goodbye. Hey, how, hello, hi, ho, goodbye. Hey, how, hello, hi, ho, goodbye. Hey, how, hello, hi, ho, hi. Hey, how, hello, how we are, he goodbye. Hello, how are you? Bye. What's he saying? I like hey. you, and I hope you like I. Hey, hi, hello, hey, hi, goodbye. Hey, hello, hi, hello, goodbye. Hey, how, hello, hi. How's it going again? Do it again. Hey, hi, hello, this is the chat guy. Where do we find this? What is this? This is the best thing in the world. I, I'm, I, I want to apologize for that sloppy period that we had in between this and that. I would have, I would have looped this. Hey, how are you? Should hey, we take hi, a hi, hello? So it's hey, hi, hello. First of all, ho, 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 ho. This is the best song that I've ever heard for this show. Maybe Al Oliver, you know, rest in pieces. He got he blew it up in an explosion. I mean, that's not funny with all that's going on, but normally it would be. Um, <laughs> You got it looped. Are you shut the fuck up? That's how good of a looper he is. Well, he's the best looper in you the world. You wouldn't even be able to see where it was looped. <laughs> shut the fuck up. By the way, did everyone know I was teasing his looping abilities before? That's what it was. But it was good. I still thought it worked. Uh, what do you have looped now? Hey, hi, hello. This is the chat guy. Hey, hi, hello. What? This is the chat I like you and I hope you like I. Hey, hi, hello, hey, hi, goodbye. Hey, <laughs> hi, hello, hey, hi, goodbye. Let's act like we're all horrible at it, but we think we get it. You ready? Hey, hi, hello, hi, ho, goodbye. Hey, hello, hi, hi, hello. Hey, how, hello, yeah, hi, how are you? Goodbye. Hey, how, hello, goodbye. Hey, hi, goodbye. Institution. Hey, hallelujah, hi, 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 h
Hey, hallelujah. Hi, you goon. Bye. Hello, this is the chat guy. Hey, hello. What's he saying? This could be the most fun I've ever had on this show. What's he saying? I can't believe that I'm erasing all the. James Adomian last week, I was like, shut the fuck up. But for me, oh, I hope it's as much fun for the people listening. But, like, hey, how are you doing? Man, you know what? I just had a realization. It might be fun for me. Hi, hello. Listen, Goodbye. listen. Hey, how you doing? Can I tell you what just happened? And this is a, an interesting thing that I'm about to bring up, I think. I thought of an idea last week, and I'm bringing it up again, that this show, if I had to, like right now, I, I did sell a show to Comedy Central, and I'm working on it. So I just thought, like, which would I rather have if I had a choice? It's one of those weird hypotheticals you don't get to make, but it's Comedy just- Central's that, that club in Texas, right? <laughs> <laughs> Comedy Central. <laughs> The show that I'm working on for Comedy Central or the show that I'm about to tell you is how we could make the podcast into a show. If it was my choice, because eventually that's what everyone, people are going to want to do. They're going to want to try to take these podcasts. So I said this before last week, but I'm bringing it up again because of this bit we just did. That Did you hear this? Did, we talk, did you hear us talk about this? No. That if we're doing the show and the assumption is we build a set, I still want the show to be 90%. It's the podcast. Yeah. So here's how you do it. I had a podcast. I'm retelling you on the air because, you know, because you didn't, you didn't, you didn't hear me. So some people are hearing me repeat it. Be nice. Uh, that I, w- I get put in a mental institution, but I have a podcast because I had – before I went in, I had a uh, – so, so I thought and – and they say, yeah, but it's going out. People are hearing it. Nobody's hearing <laughs> it. We're not even recording it. Maybe they are if it makes the show work better, but you get the gist of it. So – but when I so so anyway, it would be done. Yeah, we'd have to do the show in a set now that would sort of look like where would they have the show if you were an institution? Maybe a recreational looking room. Uh, seriously, Aristotle would still be the sound person, but he might have to take the role. And it's ninety five percent the podcast, five percent a little bit of a script. At a certain point, he goes, "All right, guys, I got to get you to bed." Uh-huh. Little things like that. Now, picture the bit we just did. But we're at a mental institution. It makes it funnier because we're already mental institution. The good part that look the the silly one flew over the cuckoo's nest part about it is that you know I knew someone that and they're actually they're fine now. But they had they went through some period where they had to be in a mental institution. And there can be a frenetic silliness in there sometimes. That's right. And the people running it will let them play. It's not hurting anything. Most of it is sad, and it is. But there are moments of this. So it would be somewhat believable in this twisted way that we're in there. One flew over the cuckoo's nest. And there's so many things we could do. By the way, guests could come on the show still that aren't in the mental institution. They let them do the podcast. But (laughs) we're, you know, so if you were on the show, you might not be in a mental institution. You come in wearing your regular clothes. We're, we don't get to leave. And in the other room, we made up a story that there's a Tom Likas, but he's crazy at this point. He's had a lot of electroshock therapy. So all he does is sit in the room going, ah, 1,800, 400, stop. And he he plays this music in his head. Nobody else hears it. Here's what everyone hears that looks at him in the corner. Turn the music off. Everyone hears this. They just hear him. Here's the real him. Put some reverb in here. Just standing in the corner. Give me a call. That's all that's really happening. But in his head, here's what he hears. 1-800, give me a call. Tom, you're the best. Give me a call. 465, give me a call. Give me a call. And that's a character on the show. Like, in the other room, sometimes we go to him, and, oh, that's Tom Likas, he used to have a radio show. Todd Glass's impersonation of Tom Likas is purely based on James Adomian. Without James Adomian, we would not be able to do this impersonation. <laughs> I think that's fair to play. Because you can't have James on your show and then start fucking doing his impersonation without 
giving him due credit. You Tom just can't. This impersonation of Tom Likas is purely based on James Adomi. Without James Adomi, we would not be able to do this impersonation. <laughs> you can't learn it from him and then start fucking doing it unless you're going to let every fucking listener know. That who you were you got. impersonation of Tom Likas is purely based on James Adomi. Without James Adomi, we would not be able to do this impersonation. All righty. I thought it was Tom Likas when I heard the recording the first time. Mm-hmm. Sure you did. I did. Did you like the harmonica? I, I was really impressed by how quickly you, you mastered the instrument. Because a lot of times it takes a, a couple of weeks or months or years to get that good, but... Sometimes time, I feel so good. Sometimes during the day, I do get stressed out. Sometimes I just want to make, I feel like I want to make the whole world go away. Do you ever feel like that? Sure. Who doesn't? Seriously? Yeah. Take the ribbon from your head. The fuck is that? <laughs> is that making the world go away? No. <laughs> Jake looked at me like, I know that's the wrong one. <laughs> Hey, Jake, you know, when things go, uh, if you want to get yourself back on track, there's that one button that says Tom Martin that you could press. All right, we're back. Oh, don't you just feel better now? Oh, what a... It does readjust everything. Oh, totally. Play it again. It's like, okay, okay now this is back. wrong. That's wrong. That's over there. That should be here. That should have been shorter. Now, how can we get everything back in one quick chiropractic crack and everything's back? There we go. Equilibrium. Okay, let's start it. Should we leave all this in? Yeah. Let's do it again, though, the way it should have been. Now, here we go. But don't worry about it at all. Seriously. What no, do you no. mean don't worry about it? Tom, Tom, you, you, hey, stop it. Joe, stop no, it. We are at the middle of the Joe. Stop it. You, stop it. You're, you were a good job. No. Actually, no, no. <laughs> I don't care. Okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. No, that doesn't forgive you. You did a horrible job, and that doesn't forgive you. No, you're right. No, no, no. You should be that upset. You should be more upset. What? I'm still mad at you. Well, I'm glad you're screaming. That's the way I feel. That's the way I feel. No, no, no. No, Todd, please. He's right. I feel the same rage when he... All right, it's not that... All right, it's not that big of a deal. (laughs) I like the calm transition back to normal. Because it's phony. Well, that'd be great too. For That's the, how you for know the, he's full of shit. The, uh, insane asylum. Uh, that bit right there. Yeah. Everything. It makes me go. Is that the show? Because right now I'm going to concentrate on the show at Comedy Central because I do love that show. But it's like it's a good fake hypothetical to have this show at a mental institution. And I want everyone to know, like, for, for it's not fifty percent script fifty. It's got to be ninety. We do a podcast wherever the set is. We do it for three hours, just like we do it now. But out of it, they get a half an hour or whatever, half an hour show. And, uh, but you have to go the three hours to do it. So it's mostly what happens during the podcast. There's a little additive here and there. You know what mm-hmm, I mean? Mm-hmm. And maybe an orderly comes in. You hear some, well, It's we, also you could, you could bring in a guest to do a performance. Of course. Like someone could do a, a We solo. could have a singer. Yeah. We could have a singer. You if, could if, do an interview, someone promoting a show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, the other way I thought you could do it is something you're already doing. But if you can use the stories to do the animation, which you're already doing. But if if you did an animated podcast, uh, I know that you're doing that, but if it was the whole right. kind of series. You know what, Tom? To be honest, I get stressed out sometimes. Uh-huh. When, you're, when you're here, I feel good. Sometimes I feel like I want to make the whole world go away. And I'm being honest. I really, really? do feel that way. I don't know why, but sometimes I feel that way. <laughs> Again, we took... No, now I'm going to let him scream. No, that now, was right. You made the right choice. No, now he's case. upset for no, a reason. No, he's right. He did By the, the way, right thing. to George Caro, he did just mess up. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to let you scream because, you know what? 
All, all right, it's not that big of a deal. By the way, that is the best way to get out of getting yelled at. Because if you're too hard on yourself, then how can the other person on top of that? By the way, that would be the next character that I would do. As he's screaming, I'm, I'm hitting. I'm going, no, and I punch him as he's screaming. You're right. But in all fairness, if you're going to make a mistake, you're going to want to make it on hey. by the Tom Martin jingle I, thing. I know. I make mistakes, too. Sometimes I make, I make mistakes. I, make the, I want the whole world to go away sometimes. Really? I really do. That's the truth. Make the world go away. Wouldn't you like to be in the front row having some fun watching Tom Jones sing this? Get it off my shoulder. Everybody at home, just let's let's enjoy it for thirty seconds. Do you remember when you looked? Close your eyes. Before the world took me astray. If you do, then forgive me and make the world go away. <laughs> it's so mental institution. That was fun. Is everything all right? I don't know what to do next. Todd, have you pitched that yet? The the mental institution. I, I did. You know what happened? I called um, somebody I know over at Jash because I thought that would be a good place to you know, and uh, they liked it. They they could tell on the phone she was totally got it. She's like, yeah, I could totally get that. So there's that. So but now you know. <laughs> Hold on. There's something I'm looking for, and I can't find it, and I really wanted to uh, play it. There's so many. Oh, there's so much. There's so much. Um, what's this? Oh, yeah. This is the new theme I want for the show, and it's also my theme. I want it to be the show I'm working on, Comedy Central. I don't know why I have this theme now stuck in my head. That's how I want the show to open. Maybe it opens up at me at my house, and then I walk to work fixing everything along the way like everywhere i pass by i fix i straighten it up i move it I, I i make everything better and then i walk into work i have a black suit on i'm walking down the street and this restaurant is my playground because that's where i get to have everything be perfect it's happy land for people it's perfect i'm 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 perfect to the point of like crazy i want everyone's experience to be good i have silly dancing in my restaurant but it, i wake up out of bed and it shows me walking down the street to my yeah when this old world gets me down And there's no love to be found I close my eyes and soon I find I'm in I don't a know. playground in my mind Where the children laugh And the children You know I'm not in the mood to hear it now. Hey, Todd. Have you, <laughs> hey, Todd, have you thought of a title for your book yet? Yes. Oh, okay. First, hear this version of that song, and I think you're going to like it a little better. When this old world get me down, and there's no love to be found. I love this person. She's having so much fun. Listen to her. I'm in the playground in my The whole time she's thinking it's 1969 or 70. And the chill. We're in the mental institution, and everybody, and they go, okay, you have to go to bed, and everyone, but they don't want to go to bed, so they just start doing shit, you know? You know, they just start going, uh, they start going, no? I saw it on there, that's the only reason I put it on there. It was on one of your boards you had. It was not that one, like this one. No? Oh, see, I knew it. 
Imagine on the mental institution, they go, okay, listen, I'll do a scene. I'll do a scene, and you bring that in really loud, okay? So I'll do a scene like you're, you're picturing the show, and we now shoot it on the set. It has to be on a set because it has to look like, you know. And then uh, I'll be the 5% of it that will be making it into sort of like a show, okay? So I come in. I'm like, okay, you ready? And you guys, you don't want to go to bed. So I come in. I go, all right, the podcast is over. You guys already went an hour and a half. The podcast is over. The podcast is over. No, no, don't do that. You guys have to go to bed. Drumity drum 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 Pickity pick 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 Dingity ding 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 Who's better, them? Hey, do you want to win this or not? This is them And this is us And this is them I think they're better. I'm not going to lie. I can't. I mean, they just sing closer to the mic. They're better. Here's them. Just young Jake. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Is this good or bad when I get to be in control like this? I'm having fun. I'm having fun. Todd, so this should be like as you're finishing up the uh, the last song and that show, people should just start vanishing, and then maybe you've hallucinated everybody but yourself. So you're just the final. Oh, there's person. nobody. There's nobody ever. It's, <laughs> it's all you. me. So that's a great idea because you can you do a whole kind show. Of fade away. You do a whole show, but at the end, you always insinuate. That was all in his mind. He's sitting in a room by himself. Yeah. Oh, that is fucking brilliant, Tom. Yeah. Do you get it? Because yeah, it's totally. like at the end of the day, he's in his room and he's not doesn't have to be like, you know, in the corner, to, but he's like at his desk and that's the place he goes to. Right. I really like it. And on your papers, it'll just be squiggly lines. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, um, Aristotle's talking about like in front of me just from some pictures I have like a million notes all over but now it's just squiggly lines there's nothing oh that's hilarious and sad and funny everything you want it to be by the way I want to apologize you told us a story and we never really got to sort of weigh in on your story like say that was good you bared your soul a little bit you know I think what was your story I tell you the truth I thought your story was going to be complimenting Tom about how nice he was to bring you here but then it seemed to go somewhere else about the – what was your story again? What was your story? 
about how I thought that he was going to buy me a car. Oh, so it was actually a disappointment. <laughs> Not a good story. <laughs> we don't know yet. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> you try to make him hold on a little longer. <laughs> we don't know yet when you Derek, can. if you had to pick just one car out there, which one would it be? <laughs> Shut up, Tom. That's what you do. You're that, you're that much into... Can I... Um... Can I ask you a question and I want you to be honest with me? Are you sick of this song yet? Are you sick of this song yet? Do you think that we've played it to death yet? So if you need a parody, get a new one, please. I won't be upset. Are you sick of this song? Does Joe McKenzie ever do his job? I know. He puts so much work into this show. Uh, his name is uh, a Lyricist Joe. He's like a conductor. Like, you know when someone is, what do they call them? They have like a title. He's Lyricist Joe. Yeah, that's a you title. You should bring him down. Fly well, him we, in. When, when I do the live show, I told him that we're going to try to figure something out. Yeah, we should do something for him. We should write him a song sometime. <laughs> you know what? Terrible. I think it would suck, right? <laughs> we hire him to write it for himself. Okay, listen to this. Do you like this version? I like this song. Take the ribbon from your hair. Loose and let it fall. It's good, actually. Yeah, what's not to like? Soft your skin. Oh, no, <laughs> now, or do you like... <laughs> that's the Jonas Brothers. No, <laughs> or, do you, or do you like play the... Oh, no, now, or now, or now, this is, this is the version I really like. It is Chris Christopherson, but he did like a later version of it a lot quicker, and they vamp in the beginning. Always love when bands vamp. I don't know why it's very exciting. Like they're not out there yet, so the the band's got to vamp for them because maybe one of them's backstage doing. I picture like in the country they're doing they're drinking still, and they're like I don't know where the fuck they are, but we just start the show. They'll fucking get out here. So the bands bum 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 bum, and then eventually they all start walking out with their instruments, like and they're all still talking to each other backstage. You can tell as they're walking onto the stage, they're still talking to someone that's in the wing, you know. And this is bands out there. No one's out there yet. And eventually, they all come out with their guitars. Willie Nelson, Chris Christopherson, Johnny Cash, and then fucking Chris Christopherson walks to the mic, puts his guitar on. Finally, he waits. They wait. They wait. Who's the fourth one? Is it Kenny Rogers? Take the ribbon from your hand. Shake it loose, You know what? Hold on. Play the other one again. I'm sorry. Maybe I do like this one better. I'm kidding. Take the ribbon from It's just a different thing, isn't it? It's a different thing, right? No, yeah, n- totally neither's different. better. I don't know. What do you, um, but the second one is better if you had to pick one. Yeah. Maybe, uh, oh, by the way, you want to hear something? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm okay. I hope you are. Um, play that John Denver thing. This is from 19, I can't, it's still relevant. This is song, uh, the title song of the I Want to Live album, and I would like you to know exactly where this song comes from. This is a little serious, but I like it. Who's it, John Denver, did you mm-hmm. say? You see, I think it's a very interesting time in the history of life. I loved him as Gilligan. Pause it for one I second. 
But this is like 1970, whatever it is, it's a long time ago. And listen to what he's saying because it's still relevant, I think. Maybe I'm making more out of it than I... No, I think when I heard it the first time, I thought, oh, yeah, I think all these things are still relevant, proving that, you know, that, that tends to be the truth. The things we need to work on, don't, they don't sometimes change certain things. <laughs> hey, jeez, you fuckers. There are actions being taken, there are decisions being made today that are going to affect not only our lives, but the lives of all future generations. In fact, the potential of life itself on this planet. And I think that is critically important that whatever occurs in these years ahead... Sing, thank God, it's a country boy! ...reflection of, of who we all are as human beings. Sing, thank God, it's a country boy! Not just Japanese, not just Russians, but human beings. Sing, thank God, it's a motherfucking country boy! To stop the senseless slaughter of the great... I'm gonna slaughter you if you don't... I can't believe these motherfuckers are applauding! Senior, thank God. The nuclear bomb. There, I'm going to put a nuclear bomb up your ass if you don't sing. Right of any and all people. Are you shit me? The responsibility. You got a responsibility to sing. Thank God I did a country boy. Now, therefore, choose life. I. Oh, here he goes. It's about fucking time. I love this song. It starts out slower than I expected. Here he goes. Oh, here's when it kicks in. What? Excuse me! I, is this a homosexual show? All righty, now where are you gonna sing? And they cry out through the universe. Their voices. It is pretty. I gotta admit that. Let me just shut the fuck up and listen. Maybe I can evolve. Makes sense. He's talking about basic happiness and responsibility to be decent as we're on this planet. <laughs> I love you, motherfucker! You ain't nothing but a ray of sunshine. Meanwhile, all I wanted you to sing was thank God was a country boy when there was poetry about to come out of your mouth. Jesus Christ, you pretty! Have you heard the song? Now I think about it, thank God as a country boy, it's just a, a it's never going to stand the test of time like this beautiful piece of poetry put to music. All right, that bit's over. <laughs> I like that he won you over. No, I, wanted, I like bits to end positive. I do like bits to end positive. Do you like this? Well, if you want it to end positive, you should play Thank God I'm a Country Boy. Because <laughs> there's a good song. 
So oh, life ain't nothing but a funny, funny riddle. riddle. A cake's on the griddle and a beak in the griddle. Life ain't nothing but... Let's be in a mental institution, and we all like that song, but nobody knows it. <laughs> nobody knows it, but we just, we're enjoying ourselves, and we're in the... Me- we don't know it, but we know enough, you know, and then you just sit with a block of wood and a stick banging <laughs> on it. A- Aristotle has never said anything to anybody. He's the, he, he, he will be the sound guy still, but I would make him like he's somewhat introverted but he just bangs on a stick so we go oh and we all sing oh life ain't nothing but a funny funny riddle life ain't nothing but a country country riddle life ain't nothing but a funny funny riddle and thank god I'm a country boy oh I got me a vine and I got me a fiddle sun's coming up I got cakes on the griddle life ain't nothing but a funny funny riddle thank god I'm a country boy the song is too simple to sing wrong. You can't. I know it's. You, I did notice that. <laughs> it's hard to. It's hard to not sing it right. I was trying to. Uh, oh no. Uh, I don't think we have that. All right. The kid that the kid that used to play the trumpet next door, he was away for the summer, but he's moving back home. So. Oh good. Hopefully was he at some kind of trumpet camp where he, he, play, he to play maybe a different song? Or he was at a trumpet camp. He was. It's okay. All right. Listen, we got to go in for the close. It was yeah. Tell you the truth, I I I, I could I'm, I'm not I'm hungry, but I'm not. I want to do this pot. I want to do this longer. So, it just goes so quick. I know. Well, when you solve the world's problems for an hour and a half before the show starts. <laughs> oh Jesus! I'm gonna eat mints on the air. I don't know why I thought that was a good idea, but everything's good. Everything's fine. Todd's pointing to his squiggly lines. <laughs> you can't, <man. sighs> I want to thank. I want to thank my band, Bruce. <sighs> Bruce, you don't have a band. You're 75. <sighs> <sighs> This is Daniel Kino's ringtone. It's so obnoxious. He's at Starbucks. He he loves Chris Springsteen, huh? I have different. My name was Harrison at the Starbucks for about a year. And I heard a great name that I wanted to change it to for another year, like Grant. I'm going with Garrick. Garrick is good, it's different. Aristotle. Yeah, they won't That's believe little, you, though. Yeah, Aristotle. They, you know, when you do that, they say it very sarcastically. You ever hear them? Yeah. When you, Aristotle, yeah, you're uh, coming, uh, ready. Aristotle. <laughs> I want to see my friend Aristotle's out there tonight. And I'm Bill Clinton and Bruce Springsteen writing one impersonation. James Adomian might be able to do individual impersonations, but I can do, I do two imper- people if you smush them together. I'm Bill Springsteen. With our nuclear problems, and what we need to do is go over to other countries and prove that we're not a gluttonous pigs that we look like. <laughs> what if? What if? <laughs> That's you, Todd. That's what, you. Get mad at yourself. What if Tom Likas was like he came back on the air, but he was like ignorant, but about like no, not ignorant. Because he's not. The sad thing is, he's not ignorant. He just chose to take that path. But I've heard him talk about intelligent topics. Right. Right. Um, like caller could call. By the up. way, that does not negate 
what he fell into. He, I think he could have been better. I think he found the niche there and he worked. But I heard him talk about some things. And, you know, some people might be like flabbergasted right now. Are you serious, Todd? Yeah, I heard him deal with a few issues once back when he did both. And it was like, fuck. But imagine if, like, he was really like. Can I be, can I be the caller? <coughs> I'm sorry. Hold on. Does anybody care that I'm choking? No. Except Aristotle, who bought me. You were choking as Todd, but you weren't being Todd right now, so we weren't worried. You were going to be um, a different character. Oh, yeah, that character was joking. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I bring you here tonight. What a... Holy, yes. Is this Tom Likas? No, no. Oh, yeah, play Tom Likas. I'll be Tom Likas if he was, like, you know... Taking call. Todd Glass's impersonation of Tom Likas is purely based on James Adomi. <laughs> Without James Adomi, we would not be able to do this impersonation. 365-4100. I can't uh, even do it. Can I be uh, a caller? Wow. Hey. I don't care. Uh, what, what do you want to do? You bring a girl. What, what do you want to say here? Are, are you using the word retarded? Do you still defend it? Well, because you're a moron. <laughs> if you don't take another human being, you like being called a stupid fuck? Do you like that? Tom, I wanted to ask about my girlfriend. What about her? Well, I she, can't generalize. She wants to she wants to buy um, an SUV, and I'd rather get, like, something that uses less gas. So what should I tell her? You tell your girlfriend that you might not be able to change the course of the way we're going. We might not be able to reverse the damage. But while you're here, why can't she respect the planet? Right, just because we can't reverse it, we should not be greedy pigs while we're here. I know, I hear them all the time. But Tom, even if I buy a Prius, I'm not going to reverse all the damage. At least you try, you fucking stupid whore. Well, you're here, you don't have to be a gluttonous pig. Tom, uh... Where's your phone voice? Tom, this is... Uh, I'm calling uh, to ask you a question. Uh, Go ahead, do you care? Well, my, I'm wondering if it's okay to uh, hit your kids. You know, I mean, sometimes they need it. Sometimes they deserve it. I'm just wondering, you know, it's okay to hit well, your listen, kids. Listen, sir. I don't know what happened to you, but if you turned out all right, were you hit? Yes, I was. And you, were tur- and you turned out all right? I think so. It's funny because you think if you turned out all right, you would know it's not right to hit kids. Of course you don't know you didn't turn out all right, or you'd be against hitting. Let me tell you something, just because your abilities, Tom, once you hit a child, you're admitting they've got the upper hand. Tom, Tom Likas, can I ask you another question? How about if I hit you? How many fucking punches in the face would it take you to evolve, you stupid piece of shit? Tom, how come you're so forward-thinking on all issues except for women? Because you only spend a dime on a date, dear. <laughs> <laughs> you make her suck your balls. <laughs> he still goes back to that. That, that sucked. And I, you know what? I blame that on James. If he, you know, if I have to give him credit, because you know I have to play that thing. I have to play it because otherwise I get in, I get in trouble by his management. Todd Glass's impersonation of Tom Likas is purely based on James Adomi. Without James Adomi, we would not be able to do this impersonation. So that means if a bit let wo- us down, if a bit's working and it's killing and everyone's like banging their table, they want yeah. That's because of James. So when the bit flops like that one, I blame James too, bringing this show to a grinding halt. He fucked up, man. <laughs> Well, we should stop. All right, we will. All right, you don't have to be rude about it. 
Well, everybody, now we go in, we say goodnight. I go around the room and tell the worst thing that happened to everybody today. Maybe, maybe you can all, I want to go eat. Does anybody want to go eat? I feel like if I ask you on the air, it makes you have to do it. Hell yeah. Once the show's over, people skadoodle on out of here. That's why I keep the show going as long as Todd, I can. None of us are even, we doesn't even exist outside your head. If you want us to eat with you, you can make that happen. <laughs> Just pretend it. Oh, did you take a Daniel pill? <laughs> Eventually, it'll just be me and Aristotle and young Jake in this room. And we'll just all, we'll get a smaller table. We'll sit around and I'll have a big plate of spaghetti because it's only three of us and I don't have to be worried about feeding that many people. And we'll do the show and we'll have raviolis and we'll just eat them and have cake and fudge everywhere. Is that what you want? No. What I really want is next time Daniel's on, I want to be on too so he can't talk too much shit about me in my absence. Can I tell you, can I tell you something about Daniel? This is, <laughs> this is funny, but this might seem like an indirect way to you might think I might be as I get a manipulative way. So Daniel won't complain. Daniel, remember what I said, Daniel's smart and he gets he'll probably be like, oh, yeah, because we didn't we didn't say how funny it was. And Daniel will be like, I was in a different headspace. And like I said, I'll say it again because I want to say it. It makes me feel better. That headspace made for a fun time. Yeah. We're just saying there was a specific headspace that he was at. He'd be able to look at that because it's not like any of us are saying, yeah, it really hurt the show. No, it was every energy brings something different to the show. He's still silly. He still was here, but there was it. He was the reason I'm glad you brought it up because he was from a specific headspace. I realized that driving home, I thought about it a lot. I can't sleep at night. <laughs> Yeah. A lot of people have been asking us as we close for the show, like, what do we, you know, to recap? Wait, wait, it. I know what you're going to say. You're, a lot of people have been asking you to hear that Tom song again. Yes, they do. And I'm just going to do a bit. It's called Todd Points to Stuff, and we see how quick young Jake can do it. And, and then we come back, we have our final words, and we say goodnight. So here we go. Um. Tom Martin. Tom Martin. <laughs> Tom Martin. No, play this one now. <laughs> Play that one now. Are you sick of this song okay. yet? Are you sick of this song yet? Do you... No, no, no. The audience knows you. I'm still pointing. Every week we get together, everybody. Oh, that's the, how we'll ride out of here. That's how we'll ride out of here. So let me make sure... I just want to make sure I get to everything on the song. Why do I put certain stuff on there? Like, why would I put Elvis singing? You ain't but a <laughs> oh, it's Tom Jones. No wonder. Can we get some drums? You ain't
to be, I'm going to call it wiggling, because that's what we're doing. They're wiggling. They're shaking their bodies oddly. For that to be happening while you're stuck at home, just using your imagination, I can't even fathom what that's like. Imagine if you were to stand up with one leg and then the other, but not walking or running, just random movement. My God. Oh, you should have seen How yourself. much fun was that? You guys, yeah, I don't even know what that was. I feel a little bad because I made you go into the bit. I say, go to the mic and act like you don't know what's going on. But uh, You wanted to join in in the beginning, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Oh, my God. I was going to that... dance, but then I liked my bit better. <laughs> I thought, like, is that? I hope the listening audience. I'll be able to prove when you hear what I said. <laughs> God damn it, it doesn't get more fun than that. Yeah. That's why I want a silly dance party. When I do my show, live show, it's going to be half a podcast, then half turn into a silly dance party where we get to dance around. Put Tom Jones up on a 20-foot screen with a projector singing that song, and we're dancing in front of it with live drums and a live band. Fuck. It was fun. Jesus Christ, I'm out of breath. I was just, that, that is so much fun. I want to do it again, when but you it's can, not When are you going to do a live show? When are you doing it? Eh, who cares? <laughs> I'll tell you who cares, Joe McKenzie. Yeah, is that true? Well, I want him to come out and be there. I want like a, a nine-piece band. I want when you walk in that room. We're going to do it at the, at the comedy, uh, at, the, um, at the Meltdown. Hold on. <laughs> We're going to do it at the Meltdown, but I'm going to transform the room. It's going to be like when you walk in there, when those doors open, you're going to walk in. It's going to be like, fuck. I'll bet you know, the lighting is going to be just yeah. right. Seven-piece band. We'll have the red curtain behind there. It's going to look fucking cool. And um, it's going to be a fun night. I want Eddie Pepitone to be there as the guy who doesn't think everyone's silly dancing good. <laughs> so he's going to go, no! No! I'm like, Eddie, this is my podcast. You can't ruin it. No! This is not silly dancing! <laughs> and if he can't do it, I'll have James Adomi and do Freddie Pepitone. <laughs> but he loves the way they dance. He goes, I just want to stop! He has the DJ stop to tell everyone how much he loves when they silly dance. But the DJ goes, well, let us silly dance. He goes, I just wanted to... <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> that was John, how could you be out of breath? You work out every day. You're always on the treadmill. You, 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 by the way. I'm serious. Can, can I ask you? And I'm, guess what? We're doing it. We're, right. We are doing it. What are we doing? Uh, some people would say it wasn't fair to do to the listening audience. But listen, you, you can fast forward. Play that song again. You dance like I danced and come back to the mic. Are you ready? And no, 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 no. We don't get no for an answer. Here we go. Take it away. No, I've learned my lesson. No, no, please. Please. <laughs> It 100%. You've got to imagine everybody listening. He is dancing around. I mean, he's giving it I, to George Carlin. It's fucking amazing. And he's, and he's checking his pulse just to insinuate that it's not tiring him. So I have to play the whole song, otherwise it's not fair to me. Now talk to me. Talk to me. About what? <laughs> Come to the mic. Yeah. How you doing? Great. Hey, where'd you grow up? Seriously. Where did I grow up? Yeah, where'd you? <laughs> ah, you tried to hide it. Because you figured telling me where you grew up 
took more energy than going, where did I grow up? Because where did I grow up could be all out breath. Where did I grow up? Where'd oh, Todd. Tom, you, oh, God. You gave it 100%. I tried to get out of breath, but it just won't happen. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, would but, you be honest? To George Carr, are you out of breath? Yes. Yes, thank you. <laughs> but I really did try to get out of breath. Oh, my God. And it worked. Well, you didn't try. You did what I did. <sighs> I think I danced harder. That proves it. You, did, you probably did a little. But you work out more than I do. I work out seven days a week, but I don't do that. Fuck it. That's well, maybe too, you should. That's that kickboxing thing you see on the TV where you, you have to earn this shirt. Yeah, we'll send you 20 bucks. I'm sure we fucking get it. <laughs> Woo! Oh, that was fun. I guess we're done. <laughs> this is the funniest way to end the show. <laughs> Garrick, Garrick, which, which, of, uh, which of us white people was the best dancer? Can I ask you a question? Do you, can you dance? Of course he can. No, seriously. Can any, who can dance here? Does anyone admit? Yeah, you can dance. Don't be shy. Can you dance? Can you? Can anybody? You can? I think we, we silly dance great because I let my guard down. I did let my guard down. When I'm here, I can't dance, but I just let my guard down. And I fucking, everybody did here. Let me tell you something. Hold on. I looked around the room, and I saw everybody in this room, like, silly dancing. Like, taking advantage of there are no rules as an adult. You know what I mean? And just silly dancing. And it's fucking good. No one held back. You don't see anyone like, that was fun. And you know what I liked? Even if, here's why you're good energy. Because even if you don't want to do it, you sat there and you took it in. And you took it in like, you know, you, you, you were enjoying what you were witnessing. Am I right? Yeah, I could tell. I looked over and you were just like, this is, and I know that's weird to notice that. Well, you know what's weird with Garrick and me is like, I've known him since he was, what, like 14 or 15. I, I don't know. So he's, he's friends with my kids. And so now he's he doesn't the, see you like that. No, so he calls me Mr. Martin and shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> and so I felt a little bit self-conscious. Maybe he feels self-conscious. But now that we're grown-ups, you can call me by my name. Yeah, and you I, can dance like an idiot. Yeah, you gotta call him Tom. You gotta call him Tom. That's uh, I no. I'm gonna tell you something. Nobody. I would. I would. Um, even my nieces and nephews. Well, that might make me call me Mr. Glass. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that was just so much fun. So. I guess we say goodnight. Uh, I like to make a long goodnight, but we are going to go in. Oh, my God. That was, uh, that was a lot of fun. Right? We, yeah. did, we got together. All right. Well, last words, anybody? I'd like to change my thing I'm most thank- thankful for today. We could, I think maybe we could all go around the room and... Rethink. Maybe we could be a little more thankful for something. I'd like to thank you, Todd Glass. Thank you. I'd like to thank you for having this podcast well, and bringing joy to millions or hundreds. I feel. I just don't want you to think how many thousands. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, first of all, I don't want you guys to feel like. All right, let me explain something that just happened during the commercial, so people are. I, I, during the commercial, I said I feel like no one appreciates what I do, and I feel you. And I started the, I started the cry. That's not so, why we're saying this. You swear? Yes. All well, of us. Well, I don't know what the rest are going to say, but they're probably going to thank you too. Well, good, Neil. Why don't you come over and just thank me? What do you? What? What? What do you have to thank me? Uh, thank who do you have to thank? Uh, I like to thank Todd. I'd also like to thank. Oh, Jay- thank you. <laughs> I really want. I also want to. I really want to just, thank you. Just, 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 just Todd. Just Todd. Are you sure? Yeah, you let me use your Wi-Fi. It was really... 
<laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. He's very, it's always the same thing. He just thinks, he goes to his grandmother's house. She's 98 years old. It's her, the doctor goes, listen, this is going to be the last time she's cognizant. Is that the right word of what you're saying? And, 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 and they're in the room. You're boop, boop. And, and because after this, we're going to, and, and we're going to put a medication in there. And he tells his grandmother, here's what he says. Cause when he goes to her house, yes, dear. Thanks for the Wi-Fi. I appreciate that. Oh, no. you're in welcome. Grand, Grandma, I'm going to unplug you now. So I can plug in the Wi-Fi. <laughs> Bye, Grandma. Thanks for the Wi-Fi. He goes, thanks for the, gra- thanks for the Wi-Fi, Grandma. Is there anything? Now, seriously, I don't listen to me, and, I, and I'm being, look at me, I'm swearing to God. You don't have to thank me, okay? Look at me. Look at me. What? Honestly. Todd, you bring so much joy oh, that is just to the, the whole world. And really? Thank you to who? The whole world. I think the world. Oh, the whole oh. world. Or no, yeah, I think it's just a few thousand. I don't know, but... Right, don't a handful. Make a joke. Don't it's a make, handful. Of don't make a joke, Kirkoff. Like it, but we Kirkoff the jerk off. Well, how dare you? <laughs> how dare you? That's a that's a deep cut in my childhood. You know, it might be actually. It came out. <laughs> there's no way kids let you get away without hearing that. Am I right? Zero percent. Uh, your parents. You know who's the jerk off? Your parents for not changing their name. Yeah. If I had kids and my name was Kirkoff, first thing I do is change my name. Your parents are disrespectful and no, they have no understanding what it's like for a young kid. If your name was Dilflo and you had kids and you didn't change your name, are you certifiably fucking crazy? Hey, Dilflo, you can't have the name Dilflo and then, unless you like the joke. The people, you know. Anyway, but your parents, I'm sure they just didn't realize. Kirkoff, you know, Jerkoff. They don't, they don't know. Anyway, I want to thank my, I want to really do thank my, um, my looper. This is another song that he looped. And it's just amazing. It is truly just listen, and you get you want to cry. Try to find the loop, and I'll give you a thousand dollars. I'm not shitting around. <laughs> it's unbelievable. All right, everybody. Aristotle, thank you. Thank you, Tony. Is there anything you're thankful for? <laughs> Don't do that. I just said for you. Thank you. No, are you serious? You don't have to say it. I, I really don't want you to have to. Is there, what do you really look? Look me in the eye. To, 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 no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> don't try to George Garland. Okay, then don't thank me. Then. But anyway, is anybody else? Can you turn Robbie's microphone on? You know, I'm. What I'm really thankful for is that uh, your parents fucked. Oh. And, and we you know, have taught. Can we I tell you the truth? Now. I, I, I think that's nice. <laughs> Anything? That's beautiful. Oh, yeah. Neil? I want to thank Todd for imagining all of us. <laughs> <laughs> Todd, we've one last question. What are you thankful for from Todd Glass? <laughs> Todd, I, I really just want to thank you, honestly, for, like, you've taken me under your wing on the show. It's like... A, like a mentor I've learned just how to be silly and myself oh, in real life you guys are gonna you know, make me like cry outside of comedy just you're the same way you're so look. comfortable being yourself in all aspects of your life and that's well that uh, means the world to me it really does mean the world to me well the voices that I heard in my head eventually went away <laughs> The people that I had done a podcast with for over two years were not there. And when I went off my medication, 
I realized that it was all in my imagination. There was nobody. There was no guard. I never did learn how to say his name right. <laughs> Tom wasn't there. Neil wasn't there. Robbie Kirkhoff. <laughs> Young Jake. Aristotle. And then I wasn't there. What's in your head, listener? And where did this come from? Because it's not coming from here. We don't. Now leaving Nerdist.com. 